Hey, it's Rich. Before you listen to episode 85 of My Take Radio, I just wanted to let you guys know that there were a significant amount of audio issues for episode 85, particularly because of Fat Man After Dark's audio, which I have tried to edit to the best of my ability. Unfortunately, in editing the show, I did not want to take away from some of the great conversations that we had, even though some of the uh, responses from Fat Man After Dark were garbled. Unfortunately, I didn't want to ruin the show by cutting so much of that audio out, so please understand that it's just one of those things that happens with live radio, and I will work my hardest to ensure that future episodes of MTR do not have sound qualities of that nature, especially on the caller side of things. Enjoy episode 85, folks. Peace. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, folks? My Take Radio, episode 85 for Thursday, March 31st, 2011. The intro music you just heard was Taz's original entrance music during his WWE run. Of course, you can get that from any old WWE album that's out there, so definitely do yourselves a favor if you want to pick it up. That's where you would need to look. Uh, the caller number is 347-324-3541. Again, that caller number is 347-324-3541. All right, we got a ton of shit going on. Um, besides the housekeeping, I have a little bit of an of a monologue for this week. A couple of new things are are going to be happening on this week's installment of MTR. Uh, first off, this is now the third episode with the mixer, and it's running smoothly. I will also be actually officially testing out the iPad as the role of our soundboard this week uh, with some sound effects, theme music, bumpers for segments. So it's going to have a little bit of trial and error. So for those of you that are in the chat, if the, if the volume is too loud or the levels are slightly off, uh, just let me know. Like I said, it's a work in progress. I've got to find the sweet spot. Just trying to give you guys better better quality for the show, number one. And number two, just stepping away from the dependence of blog talk radio switchboard, especially when it comes to sound effects, given the fact that either they sound choppy or they sound shitty or the overall quality is just not up to a standard that I can appreciate considering I actually pay to host a show on blog talk. So, you know, something you're going to be seeing in the coming weeks, again, it's a work in progress. Um, so bear with me. 
My guest this week will be the crew from the Future Endeavors radio show. Um, I will actually be discussing WrestleMania with them, and they will also be giving us a little bit of insight into their show. I can sit here and give all the details, but I'd rather they break it down for you guys. Uh, it's going to be uh, Don Omega, Corey Santiago, and Batman After Dark, who also has a show, which um, I actually got a chance to listen to yesterday, and he's going to also share a little bit of his show with us. We're going to break down WrestleMania. We're going to break down this week's Raw. We're also going to discuss um, some of the news in wrestling as well. Maybe they'll stick around and we can go over the other topics for the show. If they don't, hey, it's all good. But they will be joining us for the panel. Um, our staffer, of course, uh, the, the, the queen of the soapbox, Mist, will be joining us. She will be uh, also adding to the conversation on the MTR side of things regarding what's going on in the world of wrestling, including Monday Night Raw's broadcast leading up to WrestleMania, which I don't know she has a very strong opinion about. In addition to that, we are going to break down the matches for WrestleMania this week um, and get everybody's feedback. One thing I will be doing, and I'm going to ask Mist as well as the members of our panel, is to email me after the show and send me their picks so I can actually put them in a post because I'd really like to see which of us gets the most picks correct for this Sunday's WrestleMania on pay-per-view. So that's something that I'll be discussing with them at length. In addition to that, of course, got to go into a little housekeeping. As you've seen, there are some ads on MyTakeRadio.com. They are still in progress in terms of getting other brands up there. Right now I just have brands that support the show and deserve the exposure and in the, in the coming weeks, you'll see some other ads as well. Hopefully, there'll be some content partners. There will be um, slots opening up or advertising during the show. So you are going to have the opportunity to, if you have a show, a, a blog, any, anything like that, you'll be able to promote it on our show, which, of course, is live. And not only that, it's listened to in a ton of fucking different places. I'm not going to go into numbers because it's bullshit, but needless to say, if you would like to get some advertising space on episodes of My Take Radio, definitely hit me via email to discuss further. Um, there's some new posts, of course, on MyTakeRadio.com. There are some, uh, there's a new soapbox from Mist. There is Slick's review of Sucker Punch. Andrea also put up uh, a small article regarding the subtle changes to the Wonder Woman costume. Definitely been getting a lot of feedback good and bad in regards to what's been done with the costume as of late. Slick will be posting his Archer review later on this evening. In addition to that, we got some content from MMA Valor. That's going to go up as well, discussing the upcoming Bellator event. And you can keep an eye out for um, an article from this, in, this Week in Wrestling podcast from Verk. He should also be forwarding me an article at some point this weekend. So tons of new content coming in. And of course, you can pick up our respective apps on Android and iTunes. So look for My Take Radio on iTunes or in the Android Marketplace. It will run you $1.99. Easy peasy. Take MTR with you in your pocket. You'll have access to the Minority Film Report and also some other extras that we plan on adding to the app in a couple of weeks. In addition to that, I am going to start including different wallpapers for different things relating to the show that you can add to your mobile device, whether it's your Android device or your iPhone. So keep an eye out for that. 
T-shirts, like I said, uh, the last three episodes, I had to take them down just because there were some design modifications that have been done. There's going to be some really great stuff coming in the future. I will be talking with certain key parties in regards to design ideas, and we, st we shall start seeing some great stuff in the MTR marketplace. All right, here's the rundown of tonight's topics. I want to discuss UFC Fight Night 24, uh, the first episode of The Ultimate Fighter, uh, Dos Santos versus Lesnar. We're going to talk Monday Night Raw, of course. We got some video game news, and we got some movie news, including, and, and you guys won't believe this, the possibility of a reboot for the Batman franchise. So that's going to be something of note that's going to be very interesting for sure. I think that one of the things it, that everybody's going to be watching is the fact that Nolan will still be involved, but I will discuss that further uh, later on in the segment. So with that, let's talk some MMA first, shall we? <laughs> My iPad is actually updating to 4.3, so that shitty audio that you may or may not have heard was courtesy of our buddies at Blog Talk Radio. Um, like I said, well, let's start with UFC Fight Night first. Uh, the main event was uh, Little Nog, uh, Antonio Rogerio Noguera. He was fighting Phil, Mr. Wonderful Davis. The co-main event was everybody's favorite Brit, good old Dan Hardy, against Anthony Rumble Johnson on the welterweight side of things. Uh, definitely a completely stacked card from start to finish. Uh, you had Noguera and Mr. Wonderful, Hardy and Johnson, uh, Demarcus Johnson and Amir Sadala, and Leonard Garcia, uh, Korean Zombie, the second go-around. Originally, uh, Chan Sung Jun was not going to be facing Leonard Garcia, but turns out Chan Sung Jung stepped in and delivered, and we're going to definitely want to discuss that. Um, one thing I do want to say that I was very surprised about was it was non-televised with Alex Caceres, uh, Bruce Leroy from the past Ultimate Fighter, and Mackin Semizer. I was really excited to see the, um, Alex Caceres get in there. Semizer looked really good in, the, in, in this particular fight. He ended up catching Bruce Leroy with a rear naked choke in the first round. Semizer crisp clean. There was no joking around. He went in there, and it was really great, um, a really great submission by Mack and Semizer. Uh, not, not something that is going to be a stumbling block for Bruce Leroy, but if I were him, I would definitely be leery, especially with so many uh, fighters in the 145-pound division. So uh, a shitty outing for Bruce Leroy, but I'm still a fan, so I'm hoping he rebounds back. But solid performance from Mack solid performance from Mack and Semizer. On the televised side of things, the first bout to open things up on Spike TV was Leonard Garcia and the Korean Zombie. Of course, he has met before, and it was a highly disputed victory for Leonard Garcia. Uh, the Korean Zombie in this particular instance was not fucking around. He came in. He looked really good. His Muay Thai and his striking was phenomenal. Um, he really was very aggressive in this fight. I think that the loss to Garcia was a factor, as was, you know, just the hype 
of being the Korean zombie. So I, I, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. One thing that definitely stood out for me was the fact that the Korean zombie went in there and he was almost a completely different fighter than usual. Usually he'll come in and he'll take some punishment and he'll counterattack. He was very aggressive in the first round, especially he took that round solid in my eyes, definitely a 10-9 round. Second round, though, a little, a little bit of a slow start, but Garcia was pressing forward. One thing I like about Leonard Garcia is that he, he, he's, he's no joke. He doesn't shy away from a fight. He's willing to stand and trade, which is always good and leads to really exciting fights. Garcia, though, at one point ended up dropping his guard, and when he tried to come forward, uh, the Korean zombie meet him in the face. Um, needless to say, that definitely was the start of, of, uh, of the end for Leonard Garcia. He ended, up he ended up getting dropped, at which point Jung was elbowing Garcia from full guard, at which point uh, the Korean zombie transitioned really well into a near, rear naked choke attempt, but he couldn't secure it, and he ended up actually winning with a twister. Um, a twister is a submission hardly ever seen in mixed martial arts. I, I believe that this was actually the first time it was seen in the UFC. Uh, Leonard Garcia could not be saved by the bell, and the Korean zombie ended up taking it, taking it via submission with the twister. If you've never seen the submission, I recommend you YouTube this fight so you can see how perfectly executed it was. Um, Eddie Bravo and the, the Gracies have, have talked about how impressive it was to actually see the twister appear in a mixed martial arts bout. I, I was very impressed. The Korean zombie, solid, solid, solid. Demarcus Johnson and Amir Sadala, also a solid fight. Uh, Amir Sadala definitely showing his exceptional Muay Thai prowess. He was fucking administering a, a really, really one-sided beatdown. And I like Demarcus Johnson. He actually is a contributor for a crew over at MiddleEasy.com. And I was pulling for Demarcus, not because I dislike Amir Sadala. I just feel that Amir Sadala is very fucking boring. He doesn't really sell the fights for me, but... It was, it was all good. I think one of the things that bugged me out in that particular fight was the fact that DeMarcus was actually favored by a couple of people I was, I was talking to. I was like, hey, you know, what do you guys think of this fight? And, you know, a couple of my coworkers were like, oh, man, you know, DeMarcus Johnson, and, you know, they like him. He's a, he's a really marketable guy. And they were like, oh, he's, you know, he might take it because he's more aggressive than Sadala. But Sadala, after his performance with Baroni, impressed me very much, and I had a feeling that he was going to continue to use his Muay Thai uh, to its fullest potential. But, ironically enough, he did not secure his victory with the Muay Thai. He ended up getting a submission victory with strikes. So, another, you know, another, another solid performance from Sadala. Now, the welterweight fight from the co-main event with Dan Hardy and Anthony Rumble Johnson was... Very surprising, only because I expected there to be a lot more stand-up. What I did notice is that Johnson started using his striking to set up and to set up his wrestling. He did a lot of wrestling, a lot of smothering, a lot of great submission attempts. It was almost like he pulled it, up, which he actually did say he pulled it out of, out of a Koscheck's playbook, you know, using the striking to set up for the wrestling. Uh, a lot of people were you know, concerned for Dan Hardy, given that this was his third loss. But you know what? Dan Hardy is a, a fantastic fighter. He, he's marketable. He's very popular in the U.K. I don't see Dan Hardy going anywhere at this time. I just think that, you know, everybody has a little bit of a skin, and 
I'm sure he'll bounce back. Dan, Dan Hardy's a fucking gamer. That guy's the truth. And I don't see him getting cut. So anybody who's expecting a cut with Dan Hardy's name attached, don't hold your breath. The main event was Little Nog and Phil Davis. Let me tell you, a lot of people have already been talking about how Phil Davis is the next John Bones Jones, blah, blah, blah. Phil Davis came in. He was 8-0. Nagara was 19-4. and four. Phil Davis, solid from start to finish. It was funny, though, because Nagara really did his homework in terms of takedown defense. His takedown defense was spot on. There was no joking in regards to him trying to take down Nogueira with a lot of double-leg takedown. But what he ended up doing is he ended up catching uh, more successive single-leg takedowns, and that was definitely a big factor. He was very aggressive from the top position. Just a fantastic performance against a veteran, a true veteran. So very impressive outing for Mr. Wonderful. One thing, though, that I, I just don't like the people that just hop on a bandwagon immediately and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this guy, he's going to be no joke, blah, blah, blah. He should be getting ready for a title shot. He's 8-0. He's starting to fight some more competition. The guy is not getting a big head. Don't, don't jump on the guy's nuts right away. You know, just let, let the guy grow as a fighter. Uh, again, it was, it was huge that he stepped in for Tito Ortiz, who was injured originally. It was supposed to be Tito Ortiz and Little Nog, and everybody was under the impression that it was going to be Tito's last fight in the UFC. I think that given Nagara's performance against Mr. Wonderful and seeing how well he was able to avoid the takedowns, I think Tito Ortiz would have definitely had a problem. And I honestly would have seen Tito Ortiz losing that fight. So with that, we get a fantastic performance from uh, Mr. Wonderful. And on top of that, we get now Tito Ortiz and Ryan Bader, which is what's going to be happening instead. So overall, a great night of free fights from Spike TV. If you haven't checked it out, do yourselves a favor. I'm sure it's on replay. Check out especially that uh, Korean zombie Leonard Garcia fight. And like I said, Nagara and Mr. Wonderful, great fights. All right. This week, the Ultimate Fighter started. It was a lot of hype leading into it, of course, with Brock Lesnar, um, which is unfortunate. I mean, Brock Lesnar's a, a pivotal part given that he's the coach, but there's a lot of great talent in the house already. Uh, Brock Lesnar is actually didn't come off like a complete douchebag. He was very interested in his fighters. He was really looking forward to seeing how they were and if they would be great potential candidates for his team. Very impressive. A lot of people, of course, oh, you know, Dos Santos, he doesn't speak English. Um, Dos Santos' English was good. I don't know why some people were bits. I saw some people, ah, his, his English is kind of suspect, blah, blah, blah. Needless to say, the fighters were evaluated and teams were picked. Team Lesnar is Len Bentley, uh, Charlie Rader, Tony Ferguson, Clay Harvison, Miles Jury, Chris Cope, and uh, Norton Asrick, who is actually one of the first German fighters on the Ultimate Fighter. On Team Dos Santos, you had Shamar Bailey, uh, Ryan Mc, Mc, oh, I'm going to fuck up this guy's name, McGillivray, uh, Javier Torres, uh, Ramsey Najim, Zach Davis, Michael Bowen, and Keon Caldwell. Again, solid, solid picks. But, of course, what happens? Injury bug. All ready to start. With, uh, with Miles, it ends up being that he has a 100% torn ACL. He also has a torn lateral meniscus. 
So the doctor said that he cannot fight. So, you know, of course, you get to the house, you're ready to rock and roll. Miles was really upset. Dana White told him he had to leave and get healed up, but tells him because he has a great record, he might, you know, he'll be back. So, you know, Miles was very happy. And, again, it was, it was crazy that the first episode, boom, somebody's hurt. Uh, new fighter comes in, Chuck O'Neill, and he is, go- he is joining Team Lesnar in Miles' place. Um, first fight, Norton Asrick and Shamar Bailey was a lot of people, of course, were complaining that it was just very uneventful. Uh, Norton actually looked very solid, but Shamar Bailey, um, he ended up finishing the round in top position. In round two, uh, you know, Norton slipped on, on a high kick attempt. Bailey moved in quick to mount. Uh, great explosive movements from, from Asrick. It, it was just a, a really exciting fight to start things off. Bailey definitely made short work from, from transitioning to side control to the mount. He got some short elbows in, but it wasn't anything threatening that would definitely hurt them for the finish. Ashford made the mistake also of rolling over and giving up his back, but he ended up switching back to the mount. Bailey came alive, but it was way too late working on the short strikes. It ends up being a 10-8 round. Um, Bailey, while very, I, I really want to say unpolished, definitely needs to work on some finishing ability. Um, of course, there probably might have been some jitters, some, some, a little bit of nervousness, of course, but I see this guy having a ton of potential, and with that, of course, you know, Team Dos Santos comes out, boom, they strike first, and of course, with that, Team Dos, Team Dos Santos chooses the next fight. Nonetheless, Brock Lesnar is going to be generating a ton of sound bites, and He's gonna. He's really working hard to not be the focus of the show and really making it about the fighters, which is good to see. Not not because it's distracting, but because it allows you to, you know, kind of connect better with the fighters, which is something that I feel has been lacking in a couple of different seasons of The Ultimate Fighter. Just because these guys, they come in. Sometimes they bring in coaches, like you know, Rashad and Rampage was a perfect example. The show focused a little bit too much on them and you lost sight of some of the great fighters that were there. Same thing happened with the, the, the Kimbo Slice situation when Kimbo was on. But luckily, there were a lot of standout fighters in that season that the Kimbo hype kind of was there, but it wasn't something that was as in-your-face as, say, something with, um, you know, with Rashad and Rampage. So overall, a great start to the season. I was very happy. Um, next week, of course, they... They're already showing a bit of a shoving match. Some crutches get thrown in a pool. No doors get broken yet, but um, definitely Brock Lesnar saying making a chicken salad out of chicken shit is going to be a very interesting catchphrase, only because I use that shit on the regular. Uh, Matt Hughes is going to be a guest host, a uh, guest coach, excuse me, on Team Lesnar um, in the coming weeks. So it, it's going to shape up to be a good season. Anybody who's already shitting on it after one episode, either hasn't familiarized themselves with the Ultimate Fighter or is expecting, you know, Ken Shamrock, Tito Ortiz-type beef from Lesnar and Dos Santos, and both guys are conducting themselves as professionals and as teachers. So anybody expecting something between the coaches, you may get a little something, but it's, it's going to be about the fighters this season, and if that's not your thing, then you shouldn't fucking watch. All right, let me get into some MMA news. Um, I will be starting the panel at 11.30, so I just want to run through some of the MMA news first. 
Titan Fighting Championships had their event this past weekend. Bobby Lashley fought on that card. He did end it. He ended up being victorious. Um, this ended up causing a lot of different sites to write articles regarding Bobby Lashley's MMA ability. I think Bobby Lashley went into mixed martial arts, and, and again, this is this is my opinion. Bobby Lashley went into mixed martial arts with the intent of using his his wrestling pedigree only to secure victories in mixed martial arts, not realizing that he needs to really step up his game. Not to say that he's not, but I just feel like he's being marketed as just being a one-dimensional fighter, and he's, he's a guy that people are watching closely. I don't understand why when he fights, you're almost seeing the same fighter and no progression. There's progression, but it's very minimal, mi- minuscule even, to the point where people aren't giving a fuck about Lashley to the point where, you know, where they were when he initially burst on the scene, which is unfortunate. The guy has a ton of talent, uh, you know, Armed Forces Wrestling Champion. He's got, you know, the WWE hype machine, the TNA hype machine behind him. And he, he's a big dude. He's a marketable dude. He's eloquent. He's well-spoken. I, I really don't see why he can't catch on in, in an organization. I mean, Strike Force. A lot of people felt that the Chad Griggs fight exposed him and that he quit in that fight. Some people said he was sick, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think that Bobby Lashley needs to find a really good camp, whether Greg Jackson, uh, definitely Greg Jackson, only, only to really build on his wrestling and work on just diversifying himself and fighting in smaller promotions. I think that the necessity to get on TV is a motivating factor because obviously there are bigger paydays, but I just don't see his evolution as a fighter on a level that it should be. I mean, Lesnar, when he came into the UFC, you saw that progression. His fight with Carwin when, when he secured a submission victory, definitely a, a step in the right direction. I, I felt that the eye-opener was for Brock Lesnar that he got the, the I'm invincible complex, and you have to realize that you're only about as invincible as you can be until somebody knocks you down a peg. Cain Velasquez did that by opening up a giant vagina on Brock Lesnar's face, and we know where that went from there. I think that fighters, especially fighters like Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, um, even Kimbo Slice to an extent, need to be humbled before they evolve as fighters. You need to get almost that, that, that monkey off your back before progressing as a fighter. And I think in Bobby Lashley's case, he, he has plenty of potential. It's just a matter of finding the right team and the right organization to maximize it. I'm not saying give the guy fucking tomato cans, but definitely take advantage of the marketing machine for a guy like Lashley that you can make the face of your organization. Titan Fighting Championships is actually looking to expand into regular monthly events on HDNet. Uh, the CEO, Joe Kelly, uh, was quoted on MMA Junkie as saying that the promotion is planning a May 27th event for HDNet, and that would be uh, the third event for their promotion. Definitely, he was saying, with the purchase of Strike Force, this is an exciting time. There's a big void. It's definitely the right time to have a great time to have a great TV partner to expand your brand, which is true. I think that the, the acquisition of Strike Force opened up the doors for a lot of smaller promotions. Even Bellator, that's already on TV, has the opportunity to really maximize uh, their their saturation with with, with the demographic, with the 18 to 34 demographic. I just hope that 
Well, HDNet I know is going to definitely run with the ball, but I'm really watching Bellator closely because they have a very original product with their tournament format, and they got a lot of great fighters. Hector Lombard um, is, is definitely a standout fighter. Zoila Frosto from, from the women's side of things you got to check out. Uh, ben Askren, who a lot of people don't like because he uses the lay-and-pray wrestling, the wet blanket offense, so to speak. And um, talented guy nonetheless. If you haven't seen Bellator, you're doing yourself a, a real disservice, so I'd recommend you guys check them out. Moving on uh, in, some, in some other UFC news from UFC Fight Night, some $55,000 fight bonuses were handed out. Knockout of the night went to Johnny Hendricks. Submission of the night, of course, went to the Korean Zombie. And fight of the night went to Michael McDonald and Edwin Figueroa. Um, they actually released uh, the Washington State Athletic Commission dropped uh, some payroll information regarding the event. Phil Davis actually made $34,000. That included a $17,000 win bonus. Uh, Little Nog made $90,000. Anthony Rumble Johnson made forty thousand. That included a twenty thousand dollar win bonus. Dan Hart made twenty five thousand dollars. I'm only talking about the main card. Amir Sadala made forty. That included a twenty thousand dollar win bonus. Demarcus Johnson made fourteen thousand. Chan Sung Jun made ten thousand dollars. That included a five thousand dollar win bonus. Leonard Garcia made eighteen thousand dollars. So, a couple of nice paydays there. Of course. With every big UFC event, there is a one-hour countdown special, and the, big, the next big event is going to be UFC 129. That is going to be happening April 30th in Toronto. The main event, of course, is George St. Pierre versus Jake Shields for that welterweight title, and Jose Aldo and Mark Hominick for the featherweight title are your two title fights. The countdown for that is going to be on Spike TV on April 27th at 11 p.m. Eastern. You're also going to get a replay April 28th and April 30th at 6. You're also going to get replays on the Versus channel on, on April 28th and April 29th. A couple of weeks back, we were talking about Thiago Silva and the um, suspicion that he had used performance-enhancing drugs in his fight with um, Brandon Vera, and sure as shit, comes out that the Nevada State Athletic Commission did um, announce that his drug test was inconsistent with, hum with human urine. Um, first test was flagged, but then they ended up doing a second test with a second sample that confirmed it. Silva is now temporarily suspended until a hearing on April 7th. Um, of course, the fight with Brandon Vera, which Silva did such a great fucking job of whooping Brandon Vera's ass, got Brandon Vera cut from the UFC. Now Brandon Vera is back in the UFC, and Tiago Silva is suspended. Tiago Silva did take the opportunity, though, to... Um, tell his side of the story, and I'm going to just give you guys the statement before I jump into the panel. He says, we make decisions every day in our lives. Some are good and some are bad. When you make a bad decision, you can either take the, make the situation worse by trying to cover it up or lie about it or just stick your head in the sand and refuse to acknowledge it even happened. Or you can own up to it with an honest explanation and accept the consequences for your actions. He said, I'm choosing the second option. I use the urine adulterant. When giving, uh, when giving a sample following my fight with Brandon Vera, I did so in an attempt to alter the results of the test and knowingly broke the rules of the Nevada State Athletic Commission. This was a terrible decision on my part for which I will be punished. I'm prepared to accept my punishment, learn from it, and move on. I apologize to the commission, the UFC, Brandon Vera, and MMA fans. It turns out that the reason that he actually did adulterate, he did elaborate on it, was... Um, 
He goes, I re-injured my back 45 days before the fight with Brandon Vera. After not fighting for a year, I made the decision to not pull out of the fight. I also decided that the only way I could continue with the fight was to take injections in my back and spine that contained substances prohibited by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. I also made the decision to use a product to hide the presence of these substances in a urine test. Again, I take full responsibility for making the decision to break the rules and try to cheat the system. I will accept punishment that I, I will accept the punishment that I receive. I plan to come back as a better person and a prof and a better professional for the as, you know based on the result. Definitely bummed out to see that happen, but shit happens. I, I you know I got to give the guy credit for owning up and saying that he did you know he did try to cheat the system, but you know it's um it's unfortunate. Last but not least. Um, I know I said I was going to start the panel, and I'm running a little late, but I did want to acknowledge this. Um, UFC fighter Ricardo Almeida, who I was actually supposed to have on the show prior to his announced his retirement from mixed martial arts. Um, one reason I, I want to acknowledge this is because Ricardo Almeida is a, is, is a good fighter. He's a great coach. Uh, he's a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu practitioner and, and just a stand-up guy. He did a, a, a paddle boat event in the Hudson River to raise autism awareness. Ricardo Almeida's son um, has aut autism, and, you know, it was a, a really great testament to a guy doing something to raise awareness, and seeing him retire bummed me out. Um, like I said, he's a, he's a stand-up stand guy, and he released a statement regarding his retirement, and he said, um, I just want to read you guys the statement real quick, and like I said, I did have a a bit of a monologue, and this is the reason why. So for those of you holding, please uh, give me a second. He said, back in 2008, I decided to return to MMA. Since then, I've had the privilege of fighting eight times in the UFC. As a competitor, I can think of no bigger thrill than to stand in the center of the octagon with my hand raised. During these almost four years, there's been a personal struggle to find balance between my fighting career, caring for my son who was diagnosed with autism soon after I signed a six-fight deal with the UFC, teaching at my growing jiu-jitsu academy, and the family duties we all have. MMA is a great sport, but also physically and mentally unforgiving. It is a dangerous task to step in the octagon, uh, specifically if your focus is not at 100%. After much deliberation since my fight at UFC 128, I have decided to step away from the sport as a fighter. I will continue to fully support the UFC as a coach and, of course, as a fan. I'd like to thank Lorenzo Fertitta and Dana White for their leadership and vision, which brought the sport to new heights. I would also like to thank Joe Silva for giving me the opportunity to compete among the best martial artists in the world. Henzo Gracie, Mark Henry, Frankie Edgar, and all my teammates who I could not have gone through this challenge without. Finally, I'd like to thank my wife, children, and family, as well as my students. You will have my integral dedica dedication from here on. Lastly, the fans who make MMA the greatest sport there is. Now, like I said, I'm sad to see him retire, but I can understand, you know, Having a family, raising a kid with autism, I mean, for those of you that aren't familiar, both of my sisters are handicapped. My oldest sister has autism. Um, I've been raising them for now 11 years. It, it's a tough fucking job. So to, to see a guy juggle his career, his business, his family, you know, and trying to make this a professional fighter, I can see the necessity to step away from the sport and I'm not going to compare my situation to his. His situation is a lot more involved. My, my, it's, it's a hard job. You know, even, even myself, 
doing what I do and, and working. It's a, it's a full-time job being a, being a parent in, in my case, being a quasi parent, but, um, it, you know, I respect his decision. I'm bummed as a fan because he, he was a great fighter. It, you know, he was, he, his jujitsu fantastic and he was an exciting fighter to watch. So I, I wish him the best. Um, the MTR audience wishes him the best. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to seeing him as a coach and, seeing what he can contribute to the sport. I actually wrote him an email um, regarding that and, you know, just thanking him as a fan and also inviting him to come on, especially in April that it is Autism Awareness Month. Um, you can actually show your support by wearing the color blue and uh, contributing to your favorite autism charity. For those of you that have autism in your family, for whatever reason, you guys know how difficult it is to um, address the situation, especially because there's so much misinformation out there. So, if if you can do show your support, wear some blue tomorrow, uh, donate to an autism charity, et cetera, et cetera. Educate yourselves and learn a little bit about the uh, the condition before being quick to judge when you see a kid out acting a little strange. Maybe some autism, maybe not, but at least educate yourselves first. All right. With that, we are actually going to jump into the wrestling segment. We're going to discuss the panel and. Um, I actually wanted to segue into it with the uh, with the iPad playing the part of the soundboard, but unfortunately we're going to go with a little bit of uh, uh, Blog Talk Radio special to go into it. And you know what? I don't even have a wrestling intro. So you know what? Fuck it. Let's just bring our panel members in, and uh, I'll add it in in post. We will uh, start bringing them in. We're going to bring in Mist first. Hello. Missed. Hey. Hello. What's How you doing? <laughs> I'm not good. Ready, ready to rock work and roll. This way? No, it's um. You know what it is. I had to update the iPad and all this shit, but I'll figure it out before um before it all hits the fans. So we we may get to use it yet. Okay. Well, I'm here. All right. I'm gonna bring in. All right. I'm gonna bring in Fat Man next. Fat Man after dark. Yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for coming on, man. Great work last night. I'm sorry I came in late. Uh, definitely you can catch Fat Man's show at 10 p.m. till midnight, right, on the Blog Talk Radio Network? That's right. Wednesday Eastern. Uh, also, of course, available on the Blog Talk Radio website, fatmanafterdark.com, and on iTunes. And you know what they say, it's better to come late than not to come at all. There you go. You know what? You have a little bit of cutting out on Break your line, out. though. Yeah. Oh my God. I was trying to be polite. <laughs> Is that better? No, we got We got to keep it real. There you go. Now, now, now you're rocking and rolling. Okay. All right. No, we, we have in, uh, we have some issues. Please let me know. All right. I'm gonna bring in Don next. That's a big Don. You're on the air. <laughs> What's up? What's up, dude? Not much, man. How you guys doing tonight? I'm good, man. We're ready to rock and roll. And uh, actually, a surprise addition to the panel, one of our staffers, hardcore wrestling fan, and uh, somebody who Miss likes to debate with a lot on the fan page, and that'll be our very own Brian Bronx, and we're going to bring him on. Brian, what's going on, dude? What's up, dude? What's happening, man? Glad I could join. All right. So obviously, we all know WrestleMania is this Sunday. The hype machine is in full effect. We got... Um, an event at Radio City Music Hall, 
with uh, the WrestleMania press conference, John Cena getting booed out of the fucking building, The Rock getting cheered, we got the Hall of Fame, we got Snooki being drunk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or so not drunk. With that, <laughs> or not drunk. We can, we can go either way. I heard uh, the conversation on Future Endeavor about Snooki uh, clowning everybody by being drunk. But you know what? Before we get into WrestleMania, let's talk about this week's, this week's Raw, of course. Any Raw before WrestleMania is a must-see. Huge amount of shit happened. Not this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, well, that, that's what we're going to go into. I'm going to go around the room first and kind of get the, uh, the general opinion of, on Raw before we go through some of the matches. Uh, of course, we'll start with, with Miss First Ladies first. What did you think of Raw overall considering the lead into WrestleMania? Um, this is what happens when you rely too much on the fact that you overhyped something and everyone is falling in line like sheep. You don't feel like you actually have to put the production or the effort in anymore, so you can just slap anything together, bring the rock on, and you know that everybody is going to watch it. So you don't even have to worry about if any of it was logical, did it make any sense. And i got to be honest, it really did not leading up to a WrestleMania. Like, it looks better now in the rewind clips on craft shows like Next and Superstars than the actual Raw looked like playing on Monday. That's just how I felt. I thought it, it was just too much. They tried to cram everybody on. No one thought about it. And even the last match, which really should have been the, you know, the highlight with the Rock, the Rock it wasn't, that wasn't that great either. So that's just me, though. Other people thought it was fantastic. I didn't. All right. No, not a problem. Fat Man, what about you? What did you think? I you know, if I don't think there was anything different than the way it's been for the last ten years now CW's gone out of business. Vince has a card because he really has competition. So you know, they laid it out, you know, and you know, this was obviously built around getting the rock and Cena and having that moment and getting the Miz in there and having that moment. They need to spend more money on anything. You put Undertaker, Hunter, and Sean in a second. You put The Rock, Cena, and The Miz in one. That's what the majority of the audience is going to be clamoring for. They don't need the bells and whistles and Pyro and this ad and Druids and Smoke and Mirrors. and. They don't even need them to wrestle anymore. <laughs> what are you talking I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let me let you go. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's been sold on, you know, a lot of hype, but a lot of people are buying into that hype, and I enjoyed Raw this week, and, you know, one of those, it's one of those moments that you're, you're probably always going to remember as a wrestling fan. Uh, I don't know about specifically what they're going for, what they have down there booking-wise, but I thought it was probably the second best way to lead into WrestleMania. I personally did not book the Rocket Cena to do anything. I would have had him end on a stare-down going exactly. into That's my opinion. That would have been number one. Number two, though, would have been Cena getting the best of the Rock, and then the Rock getting the best of Cena at WrestleMania, in theory. So it wasn't what I would have done, but of course, you know, I'm... I'm only an internet wrestling fan. I don't have the brilliance of a Freddie Prince to be a writer for WWE. <laughs> Fair enough. Don Mega, what do you got, my friend? What do you think? 
Uh, I, I for one, liked Raw Monday night. Uh, I have to go against the grain here. Um, I, I thought, you know, Raw's been kind of pretty shitty for the last several weeks, but I thought Monday night... Uh, Monday night just worked for me. I mean, for being the last show, all the matches were set. Everything was lined up. It was just pretty much that last uh, push. And like Fat Man said, I mean, you, your biggest pushes you're going to have is to do one segment with Undertaker and Triple H, finally going face-to-face again, which they have not done in a while. And then, of course, you know, The Rock and Cena, uh, and then with The Miz. Uh, I totally 100% agree with, with Fat Man, like we talked about on our show. Uh, you know, I don't feel that Cena and The Rock should have touched. That's something that we should have been waiting for till WrestleMania. And, you know, the way that it should have went down was, you know, exactly the way it did to where, you know, Rock started getting beat down by Miz and Riley. He started, you know, slapping the crap out of them, people's elbow, knocks them out the ring, and then Cena's kind of like, prepping behind them to grab them, but then they kind of, you know, rock catches them, they go face-to-face, and that's that. I mean, it should have just ended with the stare-down, and and that would have been it. I did not like the fact that Cena got him and was able to deliver the attitude adjustment and kind of leave it that way. Um, You know, that was the only part I didn't really like. I loved, I truly, truly loved the Triple H Undertaker segment. I loved that Shawn Michaels came out. That was a pleasant surprise. Uh, I liked the way that that all played out. Uh, You know, Triple H's promo was great. I loved the way, you know, Shawn interacted with that, saying, you know, what makes you think you could do it if I couldn't? Uh, Triple H rolling with the, you know, I'm the one, as in 18 and 1. I just thought that whole section was just great. So really just, you know, everything together. I mean, the the show was what it was, but I thought it was a better Raw than we've been seeing, at least for the past month. All right, fair enough. What about you, Bronx? What did you think overall? Well, as you know, I mostly fast-forward Raw nowadays just because it's just, you know, it, it's a mixed bag. But um, I, I definitely like the um, inclusion of Shawn Michaels. You know, he's one of my all-time favorite wrestlers since I was a little kid. The guy was with the Rockers, jumping off the ropes, going crazy. You know, that's who I wanted to be. This guy was amazing. Um, seeing him in there, they kind of set it up where it looks like him and Triple H were kind of going to have a feud, you know, the, the way they were getting an attitude with each other. So, I mean, I don't know the way, I don't like the way they segued into that. and It, it kind of looked like it set up some beef, but Shawn's retired. And then he tries to kick the taker, and then, uh, you know, Triple H goes and protects him. So then they just kind of reconcile all the little differences real quick. So, I mean, personally, you know, I, I hate The Undertaker already. He's over the hill. He needs to go. So hopefully this is the last match. Um, as far as the main event with uh, Cena, Rock, and The Miz, you know, I, I like the way Cena just pounded out uh, Miz and, and, and Riley. And, you know, just I do agree that they should have not fought him and um, Cena. They should have just stared each other down. You know how Rock always catches people about to hit him, like he said? So, I mean, I think that would have been a good idea, too. It didn't have that whole feel where it's like, uh, you know, they're going to set up WrestleMania. Like, this is this is the the, the cliffhanger here. This is this is the nail-biter. You, now you want to go in on Sunday, order that pay-per-view as fast as you can. You know, you didn't feel like that. You just felt like, eh, I can miss it. I can watch it on the next Monday, you know. It, it didn't have that cliffhanger feel to it like a lot of the pay-per-views lead off into, you know. And I'm, I, I kind of got disappointed at that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I see that uh, Corey Santiago is joining us. Corey, you're on the air, dude. Yeah, what's up? I am. Uh, I'm hoping you caught the the earlier portion of that, so you can come in fresh and give us your 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 overall uh, broad opinion on Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, you know, I thought it was a, it was a pretty good show uh, to go home for WrestleMania. You know, I really liked the Undertaker and Triple H Shawn Michaels segment. I thought that promo, you know was really well done, and it really gave me, you know, some goosebumps getting ready for that match at WrestleMania because I'm a huge Undertaker fan. And, uh, 
you know, the match between him and Triple H, I think that they're going to go out there and put on a really good match. And I like that, you know, it's two huge legends uh, going at it one more time, uh, probably in the, most likely in the main event. Then adding Shawn Michaels in there was a nice surprise. You know, I didn't really see that one coming. And uh, then, you know, making him questioning whether Triple H can even win and telling Triple H, you know, he can't win uh, was a pretty... You know, nice little twist. I thought that they were going to go the route of having Sean as the guest referee, but I'm glad they didn't go that route because I'd rather Sean stay out of this match and let, you know, Taker and Triple H go out and have their own good match. Uh, but, yeah, I'm in agreement with, with Fat Man and a few others that I didn't think that The Rock and Cena should have touched. Uh, I definitely thought they should have ended it on a stare down. Uh, I've said that on, on our show a couple times already before. Uh, I felt like that would be the nice cliffhanger to really to end it before WrestleMania would be, you know, even after The Rock threw out The Miz, you know, like The Rock used to do just fake people with The Rock bottom. I thought Cena should have done the same thing and faked them with an attitude adjustment. And then, you know, they could have had their stay down and would have really, I thought, hyped it up a little bit more to make you want to tune into WrestleMania and see what was going to happen. But, you know, I thought it was a good show, and I'm still excited for WrestleMania, so I'm just pumped up for it. I, you know... Overall, and, and the way I see it, I think there was, and, and you know, I'll, I'll elaborate also on what, on what Brooke said and, and a few of you guys, it, it was almost like they, they invested more energy into the, big, into the big thing with Rock and Cena when the, the subtleties of The Undertaker and Triple H's match definitely were the shining point. One thing I do have to, um, you know, just tell you guys is, the Undertaker's going into this match allegedly still with a shoulder injury. This is why it's no hold barred, which I think is going to hamper the quality of the match to, to a degree, but it also adds a, an air of creativity because you know there's going to be a spot where somebody getting thrown through a table, a couple of chair shots, these sledgehammer shots. I think it's going to be a, be a very violent match. Somebody's playing the show in the background with some fucking feedback. Please shut that shit off. <laughs> I don't know which one of you guys it is, but anyway. Not me. I'm hiding in the bathroom. Okay. Thank you. Jesus. Was that Corey? <laughs> no, that was that wasn't me. That was me. I'm not doing anything. I'm just hiding in here. Was that that fat fuck DX Dottega who doesn't who did this to us on our show one time? He had the show playing in the background and we spent twenty minutes on trying to figure it out. I thought I was going I crazy. Hope, I was I like, why the hell is it playing? I wasn't going to say nothing. Oh, man. But, um, but you know, overall, Bro was good. I just think that, and again, I agree with all, all of you 100%. Cena and The Rock should have just should have been no contact. It should have just been promo work. Um, somebody almost catching somebody. God damn it, shut that shit yes, off. Yes, that is so fucking annoying. I'm sorry. Thank you. Anyway, overall... Solid buildup. Now, one thing I, I, I got to ask all of you about, and, and I'll start with Miss first, Snooki's involvement. I know you're, you're a Jersey Shore fan, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. But her involvement, is, is, is it really even important? Do you even give a shit? Is anybody really going to order it? Because Snooki's going to waddle her Mrs. Shrek ass down there to, with your Stratus, like, like seriously. So mean. I it's actually mean. like. I actually like Snooky. Here's my thing with the. I guess that's passing for the divas match or whatever. There are enough talented divas 
on the roster that the whole thing could have been set up better. Like, they added John Morrison. I'm like, why the, why the hell is he there? They, if Snooki wanted to be, like, a guest ref or something like that, and they had some kind of, for example, Gail Kim and Melina have a nice feud. Okay, you could have did that. Um, Eve is walking around with her botchamania fucking ass with the damn diva's belt. She could have been put in and let Melina go after her or Natalia or anybody on the damn roster. But you bring in Trish Stratus, who already is going to get, like, weeks of exposure on Tough Enough for really, like, no apparent reason. Plus you add your, like, celebrity host, which in this case would be Snooki. And then you go and bring in... Lay Cool, who, to my knowledge, don't really have a reason to be there. Like, why are they feuding with Trish Stratus? Because she's another one, just like um, some of the other people that are there. She's retired. What is she doing in the ring? And they're booking this like she's going to get in there and she's wrestling and she's helping Snooki. Like, for what? <laughs> so I, I really don't understand that. Like, put some divas in there who are going to actually wrestle. Like, you've already got everybody and their mama calling the divas a joke. And I can see where they're coming from. But there are some divas that aren't just models, despite what everyone thinks. You know, there's a few like Eve, like I want to punt kick across the ring. But in this case, it was like a disrespect. Like it was a slap in the face. Now, it's not as disrespectful as the usual battle rum royal rumble battle royale where they take every damn diva on the roster and throw her in the ring or line them up around the perimeter and let them be lumberjills. But this was like almost even worse. Like this was like you guys suck so much. We're not even gonna put you on the card. Screw you. Let's put in Jersey Shore. So I don't know why they did that. I think that was kind of disrespectful. That's just me. But I still what like about you, Fat so Man. Stop being so mean. <laughs> I really no, don't let, care. Let me, hold on. Hold on a second, Fat Man. You know you know what it is, dude. And 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 I, I really did just call Mister Dude. But, yeah, everybody called me I a apologize. dude. I'm not a dude, by the way. To so all of y'all from Twitter that are listening, fuck you. I'm a female. Now you know. Okay, now we're done. Go ahead. Oh, excuse me. Your, your penis just no. hit me in the face. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. No, you know, you know what it is? The, the Snooki angle, it's, it, it's fine because you know what it is, TNA, they dragged, you know, they dragged JWoww and, they, and, and Angelina on. And, you know, they got their little five-minute TMZ buzz. But the, but the whole involvement of Snooki in my eyes is just, yeah, you want to grab that MTV audience. It's huge and it's great. But to, to go on what Miss was saying, it's, it's, it's almost like, hi, we got all these talented chicks, but they don't really mean shit because the MTV audience is going to tune in to watch Tubsy and Trish Stratus fight uh, Bullfrog, Vicky Guerrero, and Lay Cool. So, I, you know, it, it, it's... It's almost a mainstream match for the TMZ audience. That's all I wanted to say. Go ahead, Fat Man. What about you? I know you said you didn't care, but... Yeah, I really don't care. And I like if I'm going in and out, there's a really bad storm that just is coming through D.C. and a real pain in the balls, to be honest. A real pain in the balls of the woman that says she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's more for the Twitter people who always think I'm a dude because of my avatar. You're a woman like Wendy Williams, a woman. I am oh a woman. My God. Oh, All right. <laughs> All right. Keep it on. Keep it on. Moving along. Move along. Uh, I, honestly, I play a red dragon right now. Yeah, exactly. Hit, hit the thing, Don. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, 
I, it doesn't bother me that Snooki is involved in this. I wish it were just a diva thing and they'd have to bring Morrison and Dolph Ziggler. And I wish they were in a singles match and we had Trish and Snooki versus Lake Pool just in a, a woman's tag team thing. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. I mean, the implement of celebrities in WrestleMania is as old as WrestleMania. And as we talked about on Future Endeavors, that's future-endeavors.com, Sunday nights, 11 p.m. Eastern. You know, that. thank you. <laughs> I, you know, it Sorry. is as old as WrestleMania. It's one of the reasons why WrestleMania was created is to have celebrity involvement. You've had celebrities main event WrestleMania. Now, granted, that was Lawrence Taylor and not some whore from New Jersey, but still, I mean, the, the point is well taken. I mean, you've had lots of celebrities involved in WrestleMania, and if they're going to put her into the spot is not that big of a deal. And I know a lot of people out there are really up in arms about it, but I just don't care. It's, it's, it's not that big of a deal to me. You know, it is what it is. It's WrestleMania. They always do things like this for WrestleMania. It's not going to take away from the card. It's not going to prevent me from ordering it. Now, of course, I can't order it because I'm not going to be in town because I have a work thing, so I'm not even going to see it for three days. But it's not, it wouldn't prevent me from, from watching WrestleMania if I were able to. All right, fair enough. I'm going to just jump around a little bit. What about you, Bronx? Um, I, you know, like you said, uh, the celebrities in WrestleMania, that goes back as, as far as the, uh, the 80s. You know, that, that's always been the case. I have nothing personal against Snooki. I just think that, you know, they probably could have gotten a better celebrity or it, it is pretty disrespectful to the divas because they have a, a few solid divas there that can handle their own and they could have put on a good show, you know, especially for WrestleMania. They could have just done something really nice for them, but whatever. I mean, it's not a match that I care for. It's kind of one of those matches where you go take a leak or... You know, you go get some popcorn or something like that. So, I mean, I'm, so, I'm sorry to say it, but, you know, it's the truth. It's going to be one of those quick matches where the good guys prevail. Not going to do that on Rhodes and Mysterio. Yeah, you know, they, they, they're just going to pounce on them, and that's it. It's going to be over, and then they're going to high-five and do something stupid. I mean, whatever. You know, I'll just go take a leak, and I'll be done with that match. That's how it is. All right. Corey, what about you? Uh, you know, there, I really don't see the problem with it. I mean, you got... People from the past, and Mr. T, Lawrence Taylor, Floyd Mayweather, they've all, you know, been in big profile matches at WrestleMania. So you can make the case that they stole spots from other people as well. You know, like Fat Man said, this is WrestleMania. That's what that's what it's about. It's about mixing the world of wrestling and entertainment, and you put it together, and that's what this is. Uh, you can't deny the fact that she has brought them big mainstream media coverage from all the entertainment outlets out there. You, look, I mean, that's what that's what this was for was to get that big hype for WrestleMania to get all these all the entertainment outlets talking about it and, and all that, and I think that's exactly what they've accomplished. Uh, personally, you know, I am a fan of Jersey Shore, and I, and I do like Snooki, so I really don't see the big problem with that. I mean, you know, Morrison and Ziggler, I think, are going to carry most of the match anyways, and they're going to do some good stuff, and then, you know, the girls will get in and do whatever they want to do. So I really don't see that big of a problem with it. I think, you know, it's just for entertainment value, and, you know, I think it'll be okay for what it is. All right, fair enough. I mean, you know, I just feel that combining the two, and this is to go back, is that's the only thing. It kind of feels like they're just putting all their, 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 their eggs in one basket. But you know what? You know, I said my piece. What about you, Don? What do you got? Yeah, I mean, totally agree with what Fat Man and Corey said. You know, we, it it is what it is. Um, you know, me and Fat Man agree Snooki is whatever, and we're not the biggest fans, but when it comes down to it, 
you know, they got to tie in that celebrity stuff. Uh, honestly, everybody else is great in this match. I mean, John Morrison's awesome. Dolph Ziggler's awesome. Lay Cool's great. It's awesome to see Trish back. So your only weak link in here is Snooki. <laughs> so, you know, and she's not going to be in the match very much. She'll get a couple punches and yeah. kicks in here and there. And, you know, the rest of the other guys will carry the match. And, you know, so I, I, don't, I don't mind it whatsoever. She got that loose head yeah. press, and she looks pretty good, to be honest. She'll probably attack Vicky. They'll probably be fighting outside. You know, John Morrison hit his, his Starship pain that has, you know, a 65% success rate in terms of connecting with the opponent. And um, they'll celebrate, and that'll be it. God, Vicky Guerrero. Who wants to see her wrestle anymore? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm Vicky more Guerrero bothered by Trish. And I actually like Trish, but I'm she, bothered by get her. Get this woman match. off of the air. No. <laughs> Who's running the board You're very here? negative. No, you She's can't very, very Who's negative. Who's running the board here? <laughs> I'm not very negative. Right. Okay, you guys just don't know. Oh, we I'm know. I'm right, right. down. <laughs> stop, stop, stop trying to kill each other. <laughs> That's all right. Falls over there. <laughs> all right, so, so, look, so we don't fucking beat up Raw any more than it's already been beating, beaten up. All right, let's go, let's go into, into Mania, and, you know, I'll just go match by match around the room, get your guys' picks. I'm sure you guys... Heard at the start of the broadcast, I'd like you guys to email me your picks so I can put them on the site. Except Bronx. Bronx already did it, but Mist and Future oh. Endeavors crew definitely want you guys to email me your picks. But um, we'll start We'll start with Mist first. Edge with Christian in his corner and Alberto Del Rio and uh, Fat Albert. <laughs> There you go. King Hippo. Hippo is... Holy <laughs> shit, that's a good one. Do you want me to go match Hippo, by match or... King Hippo wins. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, we'll start with that match first. Edge and Christian and Del Rio. It's going to be Del Rio. It's going to be Del Rio. They've spent way too much time building him up. They've spent way... They've invested too much into him. It's going to be... Exactly. Del Rio. They want him... They want that belt on him. They, that's what they've been working to all this time. And I just think he's getting it. Okay, fair enough. Bronx, I heard you. I heard you chiming in back there. Yeah, no, I totally agree with it. I mean, they they, they push Del Rio too much. He's going to be the uh, the top guy with the belt for a while. You know, he's going to be the uh, the go to guy for heels and, and all that good stuff. They they didn't let him win the Royal Rumble just to have him lose at WrestleMania. He he's the guy to go to for the win. That's definitely going to happen. All right, Fat Man, how about you? Yeah, I will agree with the uh, with. Uh, everyone else so far. I think the only question in my mind in this match isn't who's going to win, but it's going to be what, if any, involvement Christian is going to have in the ending. Is he going to try to have eggs and it's going to backfire? Uh, are they going to clean house in some way? How How is King Hippo going to get involved? Uh, the man who didn't win NXT but is on SmackDown, uh, just showing you how important it is to win NXT and how awesome and important a, a show it is. Tuesday nights for the jabronis that like to watch NXT. <laughs> so I oh, think it, it really is jabronis. Exactly, I rest my case. <laughs> I think it's really <laughs> also in my defense. Of, I write for. I write no, about it. No, this is not a trial. This is not a court. This is a fat I want man. A lawyer. When I speak, I am a lawyer. When uh, when not I'm on, you. this is a fat man tatership. So. I think uh, Del Rio wins, and it's just a matter of exactly what kind of shenanigans are going to go on around him winning. All right, fair enough. Corey, what about you? You know, I'm I'm a little disappointed that they didn't add Christian into the match because I was 
hoping that it would become a, a triple threat with the way that Krishna has looked pretty strong over these last few weeks against Del Rio. But uh, nonetheless, I think it's going to be a good match. And, and the main X factor is, you know, who's going to get involved between Christian and uh, Brodus Clay and, you know, how is Christian going to cost Edge the world title? Because I think that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, Del Rio has had a uh, rocket strapped to his back since the day he... Uh, came on SmackDown. I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. I think he walks out of WrestleMania, the World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, and that just becomes, you know, will this lead to a feud with Edge and Christian? Or will we see a triple threat at the next pay-per-view with Del Rio defending? Or will Edge just get a rematch? Or will Christian just get a one-on-one? But uh, either way, this is going to end with Alberto Del Rio as the new World Heavyweight Champion. All right. Don, what about you? Do you share that same sentiment? Of course. Uh, we, we share the same sentiment pretty much the entire card when we did our prediction show the other night. Uh, eight out of yeah, the nine yeah, matches we agreed on. <laughs> um, but yeah, Del Rio definitely is the new world champion. It is his destiny. Uh, he's been on too much of a roll, you know, like, like the other guy said, you know, he won the Rumble, um, you know, and Corey said, I'm very, very disappointed that Christian was not added to this. I was looking for a while there that Christian was going to be added and it was going to become a triple threat, and it seemed to totally make sense since Christian beat him like two weeks in a row on SmackDown and has been looking super strong. And, and I think that that's where this feud has kind of veered off is because, you know, for a while there, I mean, if you were just to watch SmackDown, you'd be thinking that Christian and Del Rio were fighting at WrestleMania. Edge has kind of gotten lost in that shuffle. And, um, you know, so I think he should have been a part of this. It's unfortunate he's not, but I, I think it's going to be an awesome match. I'm very much looking forward to this. I think this is one of the matches on the card that is not getting enough credit and that a lot of people are not talking about enough. And I think that it's going to uh, wow some people, because this is Del Rio's first WrestleMania. He's going to try to make an impact, and Edge always tries to steal the show. So I think it's going to be awesome, but in the end result, Alberto Del Rio, your new world champ. You know, it, it, i I got to agree with you guys, and I also have to agree with the fact that I really wanted to see Christian involved in that match. There, there was already built-in uh, beef in there. You know, Christian, you know, Torres Peck, they blamed Del Rio for it. You had an instant storyline there, uh, the feud with Edge. I almost feel that Edge isn't on top of his game in feuding with Del Rio. It almost seems like, like Edge hasn't been the crazy psychopath that you usually expect at Mania. You can almost, it's almost like Del Rio is using Edge as the stepping stone for his world title run. Del Rio is, is basically going to be used to capture the Hispanic demographic, much like Rey Mysterio is. And he, he's, the, he's a good guy to do it. He, he cuts great promos. Something that I had spoken with Mist at length about was the use of his announcer, Ricardo Rodriguez, and the fact that, you know, his, his announcer is a guy that goes under the radar, and that guy helps establish Del Rio even more so, just because he has a lot of subtle little verbal little verbal jazzy throws out there that, that help add to the character. So I think that seeing Del Rio with the belt is going to also put the spotlight on Rodriguez. So I, I also see Del Rio coming out with the belt. Yeah, but I don't like Del Rio. <laughs> it's sad. I don't yeah, like I know, him. I know you don't I like prefer, him. I prefer... Oh, my God, shocker. Shocker. Why do you, do you even watch wrestling? <laughs> yes! I mean, seriously. <laughs> Who do you like? <laughs> you were the most negative wrestling fan I've ever met in my life. Different strokes. Oh, the Leo's actually a really solid performer, though. I mean, you know, he's, he's awesome. Aside, he's great. He's really good. He really is a good performer. 
Can we get this one off the No. That, um, that Chris, this was your employee that you it. picked to chime in on a WrestleMania panel? Actually, that's wild because I'm never going to agree. <laughs> no, the... um. No, in all, in all honesty, Del Rio is solid. I, you know, his, his delivery of the cross-arm breaker is, is fucking magical. It's like watching Sonic in super speed when he does it because it, it's so crisp, it's so clean. The only thing that worries me is when he starts fighting big motherfuckers, how is he going to be able to pull that off? So he better come up with something secondary. Uh, odds are it'll probably Ricardo Rodriguez hitting somebody with a chair as a secondary finisher for a guy like the Big Show or any of those bigger guys. Overall, Del Rio and Bronx, you know, I, I agree with Bronx. Solid, solid in the ring. Feud with Rey Mysterio. I see a, definitely a world title feud down the road also with Mysterio, and I'm sure that when, when Mystico debuts at some point, even though he'll be on Raw, him and Del Rio will cross paths. Um, Who's this mystical, mystical yeah. guy that you speak of? Sin Cara. Ah, Sin Cara. <laughs> no, I know. I'm being a smart <laughs> That would be like... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I knew. We probably I mean, wouldn't even recognize him by the time anymore. he gets to WWE, so it won't even matter. He won't even be Mystico no more. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Right. I'm being negative again. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Uh, Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole. And, um, Miss, you know, since you're being so negative... Please, please enlighten us on this train wreck okay, of the I match. Be I don't care. I, I hate him all. I, no, I actually like Cole. <laughs> yeah, she like, wants Michael like Cole to, to wear the big gold belt now. She wants Holy Michael shit. Cole she to wear the John Cena of the fucking company. I like Michael Alberto Cole. Alberto Del Rio and these other people. <laughs> I actually like Michael Cole. He commits to his gimmick. He He's fucking coal miner. He, he does. He <laughs> Never that. But he does commit to his gimmick. Like, he's wrong on moves. He's wrong when he says anything, but he commits to it. Like, he's always, you're always knowing when Miz comes out, he's going to jizz himself. You always know that he's going to, like, you know, practically do a hand job from his commentator. To, like, he commits to his actual gimmick. As far as I'm concerned, Lawler is kind of boring. They'll probably give him the, the, the win because he's the legend going into the match, but I really think it would be funnier to let Cole win it. I just do. I think oh it would God. set it up to be much more <laughs> awkward at the commentator table. What? Well, you know, get this woman you off. Know what, you know what the funny thing is? Yeah, I was going to say, you, you like Michael Cole, and, and, and you like that he, that he has so much conviction to the point where he almost got himself fired for calling Josh Matthews a homo. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. 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 So you yes, believe in your funny. gimmick if you're willing to do that. <laughs> yeah, but but you know what it is. He, you know, a lot of people are saying that he's gotten gassed, and, and you know he he believes his own hype. Yeah, you know you need a heel announcer, but the, you'll never be Bobby the Brain Heenan. And sometimes it just feels like Michael Cole tries too fucking hard. But, but you know what? Terrible announcer. I, that's that's the beauty of it. He's absolutely terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd rather watch fat people fuck than listen to Michael Cole on commentary. Well, I'll put my webcam <laughs> on. Red Dragon. Oh, I'll put my webcam on. Bonus <laughs> Play's coming over for, no, that's okay. for a second. Keep, so. keep the webcam to yourself. Um, <laughs> There'll be some twisted Bronx, steel and Bronx, Now, these Bronx. are the same guys getting on me about, am I a wrestling fan? Do I watch it for the entertainment? Uh, that is entertaining. He can he keeps uh, the audience. He keeps people booing. He keeps people shouting no, terrible things at him. I'll like, save my comments for my time, but I have a diff <laughs> I have difference. Uh-oh, here he goes. <laughs> I'll uh, wait my turn. Hold on. 
No, not yet. Um, Bronx, go ahead. Okay, personally, this match could suck my dick. I mean, it's the worst fucking idea ever. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about two announcers having a feud. I don't give a shit about these two people. You know, Jerry Lola's cool, but since the PG era has hit, he's just toned down. I mean, he's not talking about puppies anymore. He's not talking about sweater meat. I don't want to hear shit he has to say. He's just so toned down. And Michael Cole... Dude, if Michael Cole died during his fucking match, I would not give a flying fuck. I swear to God. This is the worst idea. They, they, they took two spots, you know, from, from real talented people that they could have given five, ten minutes to, and they put these fucking idiots in there to wrestle. I don't give a fuck about announcers wrestling. I do not want to see this shit. Burn in hell, Michael Cole. There you go. <laughs> All right. Fat, fat man, of course, you got to follow up. Hit, hey, okay. hit, us, hit us with your prediction. <laughs> I'm gonna give two. I'm gonna give two different sets. I'm gonna start with my prediction, which is Gary Lawler going over, and I'm gonna explain why Gary Lawler should go over here. Stone Cold. The whole feud, almost for the most part, has been one-sided. It, it's been Michael Cole, Jack Swagger, the two fruitcakes that are, that are his bodyguards. Every week in and week out, for the most part, with the exception of the week Stone Cold came back. It's been every week they've been getting the best of Lawler. They've taken him out. They the ankle lock on him. They had Michael humping leg. All these different things. It's been the heels getting all this momentum and all this momentum, at least theoretically. The blow-off this feud at WrestleMania has to have the face go over. I mean, this is like basic booking 101. Now, of course, sometimes WWE likes to fuck around a little bit, and they might throw it in where they would have Michael Cole go over. But the fans, the marks, and I will say all... I Mark is a term of endearment, but the marks need to be able to have something to root for and feel satisfied. And the only way they're going to feel satisfied is... Cole getting doused in beer, taking some stunners, Jack Swagger taking some stunners, Lawler giving the pile driver, you know, everyone celebrating in the ring. That's the only way for this feud to come to a logical conclusion. Yes, That's from the, from the basic booking standpoint. Secondly, as far as Michael Cole goes, in my opinion, as a wrestling fan, I don't I dislike Michael Cole the person, not Michael Cole the character, because of how this has gone. He's getting the wrong kind of heat. He's getting what right. I hate to uh, I hate to say X Pac heat, but that term that they like to use, where it's they don't hate you as a the wrestling person because they want to see you beat. They hate you and they want to see you off of the television. He's yep. getting the wrong kind of heat, and they push him every week. How many things does he have to do? We get it. Michael Cole is back. Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura, they didn't need to do this kind of stuff when they were heels. Bobby Heenan could get, he could turn on the chanting weasel and he could do one and the crowd would go crazy. And he was, he was putting asses in seats. You didn't need Michael coming out and talking about Jerry Lawler's mother and all this other bullshit. You didn't need that. And he nope. be Bobby Heenan. And he's never going to be Jesse Ventura. He's worse than Tony Schiavone, for God's sake. Nice I mean, Tony I mean, I never thought that Tony at a time. This is the greatest night of our business, Giovanni. I never thought I would find someone that had, was an announcement that was worse than Tony Giovanni. But Michael Cole has gotten us there, and he just—he really does get the wrong heat. And they've really done a poor job about the way they've presented him. 
And it seems like he might be taking a little bit of vacation after this match, after some of the things that have come out. And he may have yep. taken a vacation beforehand, but he's in such a high-profile thing. I have to agree with, with um, uh, I apologize for not remembering his name, but uh, who spoke for me saying that they could have put two wrestlers in here and, and given them a build-up. about the amount of build-up up to this thing? Months of it. How many, you know, how many wrestlers going into this WrestleMania have had a build-up like that? Sheamus and Daniel Bryan didn't have a build-up like that for months going into, a, going nope. into their thing. So, I don't um, know. to wrap it up, because I'm long-winded this week, uh, Jerry Lawler is going to go over, and hopefully Michael Cole is going to take a little sieta. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. Bring back Jonathan uh, Coachman. Woo! Yes. There you go. Please. The, um... Batman, your 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 audio it goes from super crystal clear to fucking Total Finding crap. Nemo. <laughs> I, I, literally, I literally see the rain outside coming down. Every time it rains here, it's like uh, you know I'm stuck in the fucking Amazon. Are you fucking calling me from Bin Laden's cave? Like what the fuck, man? <laughs> I am in, I am in Holy Libya. Uh, I am in Libya hiding. Uh, with uh, President Coffee, so. All right, fair enough. Corey, what do you got? Uh, you know, in a sad way, this has actually been probably the most well-built feud that WWE has done in probably months, and the fact that, it's, that it involves two announcers is really pathetic, that they couldn't <laughs> figure out a way to, get, to give, you know, two really talented other guys, you know, a chance to really put on a good match at WrestleMania with this type of build. But, neither, but, you know, either way, I mean, the story behind it's been pretty good. Uh, I think for everybody that hates Michael Cole, uh, they're going to get a kick out of it to see Jerry Lawler just beat his ass for about five, six minutes or something like that. So it'll be entertaining. And it's always nice to when you, throw, when you can throw Stone Cold in there. And, you know, you know he's going to be giving a couple stunners left and right to Jack Swagger and Michael Cole. And we're going to get a... Uh, a beer bath somewhere, so that that'll that'll be cool. But uh, you know, I expect I wouldn't be shocked if the divas get involved somehow, since Michael Cole's been messing with them lately, and uh, they come down either after the match and beat up on him with Stone Cold and King or something like that, or if Jr. gets involved. But uh, either way, this is going to end with Jerry Lawler uh, taking out Michael Cole with the power driver or something like that. I think Michael Cole is going to miss some time for what he uh, said on Twitter. And I think the fact that he said that stuff on Twitter probably is going to let his vacation go a little longer. Wouldn't be surprised if they do let him go for what he said, but that time will tell with that. But uh, it's going to be fun just to see Jay Law beat the hell out of Michael Cole and uh, you know give a, give something a little entertainment back for all the fans. There you go. A uh, couple of things. Somebody has a pacemaker beeping in the background, so please, if it doesn't kill you, shut it off. And again, <laughs> I hear feedback. Somebody's shit. I hear my own voice. And, uh, Don, last but not least, what do you got? Uh, of course, you know, Jerry Lawler's going to win this. Uh, this is obviously the easiest match on the entire card to predict. Um, yep. you know, <laughs> I, it's just, you know, I mean, the, like Corey said, this has had the longest build up. You know, I'm happy that Lawler's going to finally get his big WrestleMania moment that he's been waiting for. Um, you know, I'm not expecting too much out of this. I keep getting flashbacks to last year's Vince and Brett match <laughs> um, when I think about this. Um, but it's going to be what it is. You know, I think Lawler's going to win clean, and then everybody's going to get stunned.
fun, and Lawler and Austin will celebrate with a nice beer, and that'll be about that. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this match, but Jerry Lawler easily wins this one hands down. All right. Um, going to, as a curveball, jump around a little bit. Uh, Randy Orton and CM Punk. Mist, start us off. Um. See, I want to say Orton just because of his history at WrestleManias. Um, however, with Punk's promoing skills, even though I'm not a fan at all, he's like a completely different person than he used to be in terms of, of his wrestling not. skill. <laughs> but his <laughs> promo work, like his this whole thing where he like has fans that are they're like almost a cult. The way that he listened to him. So that is really strong. So, like, it's a hard call. I'm going to go against the grain and say Punk is going to take this one. Just because they spent a lot of time turning him into, like, this bullying cult leader that just, you know, he's sort of delusional, even the way he, like, he calls everyone else a bully and then he's always picking on them, but he's saying he's the good guy. So I, I really say, like, Punk in this one just so they can just drag it on some more on Raw because he's now over there. So that's just me. Okay. Hans, what about you? Um, this one, I think, is pers- personally, I think this one's going to be, like, a really good match. I mean, it's going to go the distance. These guys are going to put on a tremendous show. It's, it's going to be great. Um, I think it would be best if, if Punk wins, you know, because – I like when the heel has the advantage and they can just continue the feud. When the good guy wins, it kind of wraps it up. But um, I think Warren's going to take it. He's going to, you know, he's going to wrap it up towards the end after a few bits of interference, and he's just going to punk kick Punk's head all over the ring, you know. But that's going to be the final thing. It's going to be Orton taking the win. Though I would like to see Punk win, honestly. But it's going to be a real good match either way. All right, fair enough. Fat man, what about you? Now, if that man's rebooting his computer, he'll be right back. Ah, I'm going okay. to just, try to clear that one up. Out. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, Corey, what, what do you got? Uh, you know, I think on this WrestleMania, there's a chance for them to make, you know, a bunch of new stars. And sadly, most of them are heels, so I don't really know how good they're going to actually make the attempt on that. But, you know, I think this is a great opportunity to evaluate, you know, CM Punk and make him a bigger star uh, than he is, you know. I had some high hopes going into this feud here that I thought CM Punk could bring something out of Randy Orton that we haven't really seen since he uh, turned face, you know, back in the summer. You know, back then he was really white hot. He was getting big pops. You know, people were behind him. They wanted to see him uh, do real good. But since then, he's just become stale, boring, and people have lost a ton of interest in him. And I think that happened once he captured the WWE title uh, back at Night of Champions. I felt that, you know, all the magic behind him and all the anticipation to see him do good was was all lost right there but uh you know i'm hoping that these two can go out there and have a good match and cm punk can make randy orton look like a million bucks uh but i think that they're gonna go with randy orton on this one because he's just the biggest star right now but i think i hope that i'm wrong and that they give cm punk a uh a win here on this feud and, and, and really give him a chance to shine because you know he he's when he's on he's definitely their their top heel. I mean he he can wrestle very good. He's amazing on the mic. So I just wish that they give him the chance to to, to really show what he can do. But uh, you know, cool finish. I'd like to see if Orton wins is uh, CM Punk going for the GTS and Randy Orton 
reversing it into the RKO if that's the way they're going to go. But, you know, I think Randy Orton's going to pull this one out. But I hope that we still at least get a good match between the two. All right. Don, what about you? Yeah, um, you know, agree, of course, once again. Uh, I think Orton's going to go over, uh, as does Batman, just kind of shooting out his prediction since we talked about this the other night. Um, uh, you know, and, and it, it, like Corey said, it's one of those predictions where we kind of hope we're wrong. Uh, you know, the three of us, I believe, all want CM Punk <laughs> to win this one, but unfortunately from just looking at it storyline-wise, uh, it's just it's Orton's time. He's just, you know, he's on too much of a roll. He just took out the entire Nexus on his own. Um you know, it just it's the next logical step for him to come into this and beat Punk. You know, as much as I hate to see it, <laughs> uh, it just that just seems to be too clear of what's going to go down, and that's unfortunate for Punk because he's on a roll right now. But you know, I think he's just he's just the last piece of that Nexus puzzle that I think Randy Orton needs to put Hello? down, according to their storyline there. So, um, yeah, we hear you. Man. So then, um, you know, so that, yeah, shut up. Yeah, yeah, how do I sound? I'm trying to how do I sound? You're okay. You don't sound like you're blowing Ariel under the sea. So, yeah, we're good. <laughs> I'm right. that kick over there under the sea. There you go. All right. Um, Don, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you got, no you got problem, punk man. on this, right? I'm, uh, cut him off. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, you know, but in, well, in the got, end result, yeah, like well, I said... Orton, yeah, or- Orton's going to win this one just based on how the storyline's been going. Uh, we would like Punk to win, but like I said, you know, all signs just point to Orton uh, in this scenario, you know, and especially because Punk's been getting kind of the uh, the upper hand the last couple weeks, and now Orton's looking like he's hurt and his knee's shot and this and that going into the match, which will, of course, mean, you know, that he'll do awesome at WrestleMania and he'll make out with it. So we want Punk to win, but, you know, prediction-wise, we've got to go with the more obvious choice, and that would definitely be Randy Orton at this point. Well, but before I get, I get Fat Man's take on it, the, um, the, the, overall, the overall build to this match has been solid. Uh, CM Punk wins. You know, CM Punk wins the, the, the upper hand in this match for bashing Randy Orton's knee with a dog wrench. That was fantastic for a, for a couple of reasons. It just, it just showed a bit of, of real-world, you know, just old-school wrestling right there where, you know, your guy, the guy's coming out and he's looking for you, and you, you do something that actually shows that you're, you're, the guy, you know, the face can be injured. That's one thing I liked. Randy Orton's been doing a good job of playing the wounded animal, and I think that the finish is probably going to be Randy Orton attempting to, to fish CM Punk. He's going to fake that he's hurt. Punk is going to go in for the kill, and he's going to get caught. And Orton is going to win. But, again, much like you guys, I really would like Punk to win. I think Punk is, is solid now on the microphone. He can, he can carry um, a stable by himself, considering he had, you know, piss-colored David Otunga and the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the fucking Nexus Smurfs with him. He, he carried them well, and he can carry any group. So I think, you know, Punk should get the opportunity. But Orton, Orton is always gold at WrestleMania, and they're not going to break that trend now. Fat Man, what about you? Yeah, I, uh, as Don said, you know, I think it feels from the storyline perspective that, once again, basic booking, CM Punk has been put on his own now. He's gotten kind of the last laugh by attacking Randy and going after the third or fourth woman to play his wife for continuity purposes there. Um, 
But uh, you know, I think it would from from the booking standpoint, it seems like Randy's going to get the best of him. And also, I feel that they're always going to say that Randy is an upper echelon star more than Punk is. Whether or not that's true, and we can debate the merits of that back and forth one way or another. But in the mind of the company, like with uh, Cena, for example, you know, Randy is a main event guy, and he can pretty much do whatever he wants, but this would be a great opportunity for a coming out party for someone like CM Punk to really get the Duke and really push him into being a, a true main event star, even though he's you know he's held the big belt before, he really needs that kind of that kind of momentum to make him that true main event performer in WWE. And this could have been his coming out party, but I think all signs point to, to Randall getting the uh, victory. And how do I sound, by the way? Uh, now you sound A-OK, crystal clear. Mellifluous, as we say. All right. Um, Eight-man tag match. Mist, take it away. Yes. Oh, jeez. Oh, does you anyone say anything even care? About this, you know, I'm coming through. I have that. two. <laughs> does anyone even care? I have two bathroom breaks. This is one of them. Okay, oh, there shit. is absolutely no one in here that has like they built Ray Wade Barrett up, and then they stuck him to SmackDown, and nothing has happened. Ezekiel Jackson, I actually like. Nothing has happened. He's the Intercontinental he Champion. Huh? What? He's the Intercontinental stop, Champion. Stop being like yeah, but the, uh, he doesn't um, get a build. Like, he doesn't get to do anything. They put all of these guys together. Like, is anyone there even a name? No. So, this is my bad thing, Drake, man. I don't even Wade, Wade, you know what? I'm just going to cut it short. Wade and his group is going to win. <laughs> okay? Uh, all right. <laughs> because nobody else right. cares about Otunga. No. Harris, not really. McGillicuddy, he can't What? Talk. What? Mason, I mean, nobody what are you cares. Do you, about? Nobody cares. <laughs> do you even know what match this is? Do you even know what match this is? Are you talking is? about? Are you talking about the wait? The core versus uh, yeah, Nexus, the, the eight man tag match. Yeah, you dropped. We're talking no, about the talking core. We're talking about Cooks and Butch Reed. Who do you? What do you think we're talking? There's only one eight man tag on the card. <laughs> and I'm saying the core is gonna win. I know what you're talking about, David Otunga, and Heath Slater, and, and Michael McGillicuddy, and they ain't in this match. Fucking King Kong Bundy. Oh, my God. All right. Box, what about you? Is this your bathroom break of a match as well? Yeah, I think the core's going to take it, too. I mean, they're just going to need the push. You know, they're the, they're the up-and-comer, so it only makes sense. There's no other way around it. That's who's going to take it for this one, plain and simple. And I, it's not a match that I'm highly interested in, to be honest with you. So, you know, I probably won't provide a lot of feedback or thoughts on it, but I, I think the core is going to take it, plain and simple. All right. Batman? I'm the only one that's really into this match because I'm an enormous Santino Morella mark. So I was very excited when they added <laughs> Yes, I know. I've heard. Yeah, I'm the, I was the only one that was... Me and Santino's mom were the only ones that were really excited when they added them to this. I think the core will win. And they've kind of given themselves an easy out here to have Santino or Vladimir take the pin from Wade or Justin Gabriel or Zeke. Uh, we won't acknowledge that other member of the core who works fast food. But I think they've given themselves an easy out so you can continue this with Big Show and Kane. I don't see one of them pinning the Big Show or Kane. I see 
Wade or whoever end up pinning Santino or Vladimir. So it'll be somewhat entertaining, and you'll you'll get a cobra, and you'll get different things. You know, you'll get some nice little moments here. It's nothing great. It's not it's not Savage Steamboat uh, or Bret Hart and Sean, but it's a nice little eight man. You know, everybody gets a nice payday, and you know. Uh, I feel almost bad for Kane. I know he's coming to the end of his career, but I'm a big Kane fan. <laughs> he went from being the world champion to now being thrown into this clusterfuck of a eight-man tag with, you know, has-beens and never-wases and, and wannabes and young stars. And I would agree oh, with uh, Mist for to a degree that I would like to see them have had an intercontinental title match on the card. Mr. Shot. But because wow. he has. Because he's in a group with Michael McGillicuddy and Husky Harris and Richie Steamboat and <laughs> Seth Rollins and Eddie Edwards. That's just how much I care, right? Fucking Necro Butcher oh, and or anyone else the fucking group you wanna you wanna put in there, honey. Anyway, uh, I can call it that, you know what? You just call it the F C W match. There we go. Special Delivery Jones get, might make an appearance in peace. You anyway. Get Necro Butcher in there. That Thank was a you. Rick <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, let's come up with some people who are no longer with us who may make run-ins in this match. Bam Bam Bigelow. Zombie Chris Benoit. Zombie Chris Benoit, yes. Zombie Chris Benoit, he's going to come in. We can have a casket match between Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. Anyway. Yeah, I think that four is, is going to go over here, and I, I'm going to think Santino or Vladimir will, will take the pin. That's that's it. I agree as well. Uh, Corey, are you in the same boat? You think uh, Santino or Kozlov are going to end up taking a pin on that? Uh, yeah, most likely. I mean, I'm not really too thrilled about this match. It's okay. You know, I don't have a problem with Santino. I like Santino, but Kozlov just pretty much bores me. And I'm still holding out hope that before the match, the core takes out Vladimir Kozlov, and the big show reveals their mystery partner to be Diesel instead. Uh, so I'm hoping out for that. But, uh, you know, yeah, this match will be, you know, whatever. It's just another eight-man tag. Just a way to get guys on a WrestleMania and get them a payday. But uh, in the end, the core will win because they're the more... Uh, Dominant group, and they're going to get pushed. You know, more there's more upside to the core than there is to that to the other team. All right, Don, what about you? Huh, huh. Yes, we want Diesel up in there. So uh, I agree with Corey. We hope he gets taken. Uh, Vladimir gets taken out the mix, and uh, Big Daddy Cool can step in. Uh, you know, this match I was really looking forward to. Uh, originally when we thought like Christian and Kofi were going to be involved <laughs> and then my heart got shattered when Santino and Kozlov got added um, you know Fat Man was cheering I was booing um, you know but it is what it is I mean I, it's not that I consider this a bathroom break I mean I think it's going to be a pretty short match and I think the core will obviously win this uh, like you know like the other guy said I mean the push is on the core right now I mean the core you know Wade's the Intercontinental Champion now. You have Heath Slater and Justin Gabriel as the Tag Team Champions. You know, the Big Zeke. I mean, it just it just makes sense, and I definitely you know think that Santino or uh, Vladimir will definitely take the fall on this one, and that's probably why they were added to this match so that somebody could uh, you know when they take the fall they won't look any worse than they already do. Fair enough. All right, we're gonna move things right along. I also am choosing the core um, only because. The big show is irrelevant. Kane, like most of you guys said, is almost on his last leg. And Santino's just for comic relief. And, you know, Kozlov, I, I think Kozlov, they just haven't figured out what to do with it. They figured that the stereotypical non-English-speaking Russian gimmick 
is the easy way to go. It almost feels like he's an 80s character trapped in a time warp. And um, he does have a tremendous upside. There you go, exactly. He has a tremendous upside. But the problem is I just don't... I haven't seen anybody on creative find something relevant to do with him. He'd, he'd make a great enforcer for somebody, um, especially if you would have done Santino, not as Santino, but as Boris, Boris Alexiev, which was his original gimmick, and Kozlov would have been his enforcer, that would have worked, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, that's not the way it went, but I would have liked to have seen something like that. Um, Rey Mysterio and Cody Rhodes, missed. This is the other bathroom break. <laughs> I'll be there oh, just oh long enough. <laughs> I'll be there just long enough to see Rey Mysterio do a costume change and his booyaka, and then I'm going to the toilet. But um, with yeah. this, it's probably it it should be Cody Rhodes. I have a feeling though, with the way WWE likes to book things and the types of audiences they're trying to reach, it'll be Rey Mysterio who goes to WrestleMania and just you know, tears it up or pulls it out. But I, I really feel like Cody Rhodes kind of needs this push. Like, he needs to win it, and then they should take it back and let him feud with Ray for a little while. It would do a lot for because he started out with, like, no character. Um, no one thought he could do anything past Legacy, and he's doing a lot better than DiBiase. So for his hard work, he should get the win. But I, it, will he? I don't think so. I think it'll be Ray. And everybody will be mad. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know the funny the funny thing is, I I am not even giving a remote fuck about this match, but I'm hoping Rey Mysterio comes out dressed as Rebecca Black in his costume. <laughs> exactly. Did you I, stick around for I, the costume hoping, <laughs> that's, that's it. Bronx, what about you? Um, again, this is a match that I'm not really into. You know, I, I don't care for, for the characters too much, but. I would like for Cody to win. The guy does need a push. He he needs a hit like, um, you know, Cena needs to turn heel. He just needs to do it. But I guess Mysterio should be the, the favorite here. He, he puts on a better show. He uh, He's high-flying. He's fast. He's exciting. So, you know, I guess for WrestleMania's sake, it should go to Mysterio. But I really don't care either way about this match. It's just not one of those, you know? Oof. All right. Fat Man, what about you? Did he drop out again? I I actually no, I'm here. I actually said on uh, on our show that I think that um, Cody Rhodes is going to win this one. And this is one of the, I think this might have been the only one that we actually disagreed. I think Cody is going to win for a couple different reasons. First, I think this would be a good opportunity to give him a win over a you know a former you know big time title holder, one of the most popular people in the company, but also someone that. You always hear rumors it's unhappy, him and Vince are being heads, he asked for his release, and then he says he didn't ask for his release. They, they're bringing in Go. You really don't know what the, you know what the next few months or years of Rey Mysterio, not to mention the fact that he's had multiple surgeries. So if he is looking to wind his career down, then this could be a great opportunity to give a win to Cody Rhodes, who is someone who the company really wants to back and get behind going forward. So my prediction is going to be Cody Rhodes. And I actually think this is going to have the potential to be an amazing, really, really positive match. I really think we all know Rey Mysterio can bring it, and I think Cody Rhodes is very underrated, and I think he will have the opportunity here that he hasn't had in the past 
to really shine. So I am actually really into this match, and I'm looking forward to seeing what these two guys can do together. Well, since since you since you have such a such a high opinion on the match, just answer me this: Dusty Rhodes involvement, yes or no? Dusty Rhodes what? Dusty Rhodes involvement, yes or no? Uh, I think that would be awesome if I can get a flip flop and fly, and he gets you with the bionic elbow, baby. We're going to the pay window. If the big gorilla comes out in the costume, baby, and the polka dots, <laughs> I got All no right. problem with Fair that. Enough. And if Sapphire All were right. alive, maybe zombie zombie Sapphire comes out with him. <laughs> Sapphire. Um, zombie Sapphire. Can I say something right quick? Right. No. Um, I'm. <laughs> I know you don't ever want me to say anything. Now, had um, Sin Sin Car come over to SmackDown, I would have probably been on the side with Fat Man and said that it would be Rhodes. But since they're booking him to like show up supposedly, because everything changes on Raw, there's really no reason now for Ray not to win. So that's why I'm saying I think it'll be Ray now. Had it been that. Um, Mystico, because I'm, I'm never going to get used to his new name, came to SmackDown, I would have figured that Ray would lose to set it up for him to then have problems with Mystico and then send him, you know, on his merry way or whatever. But because they're now going to have him, like, what is that feedback? Yeah, somebody, somebody's feedback is killing me right now. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Thank you. <laughs> Anyway, no, that's saying, why I think it'll be Ray Mystico. <laughs> yeah, if he had, a, if it, it had a worked out like that, where they were going to bring Mystico over to SmackDown, then I would have said, okay, well, no, they're going to try and bring Ray down, so then there'll be a reason for him to then feud with Mystico. But now there's no reason for him to not win with Mystico going to Raw, because now he'll be over there to be Raw's high flyer. That's just what I think. And Cody's just uninteresting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. because he's not working <laughs> with Jimmy. <laughs> Jesus. All right, uh, Corey, what about you? Uh, I think this is the second opportunity that WWE has for them to uh, potentially make a new star out of Cody Rhodes. You know, I've liked what he's done since he became the dashing character, and especially when he changed it to this more demented character lately where he thinks there's something wrong with his face, even though there's really nothing wrong with him. But, uh, you know, I think these two can go out there and they can have, you know, a really good match. I mean, Ray always brings up for WrestleMania, and he's a very good high flyer and a very good wrestler. And I think this is a chance where he can make Cody Rhodes look very good in the ring and, you know, really put some credibility into Cody Rhodes. Uh, but it is WrestleMania, and, you know, it's a, you know, it's going to be filled with a lot of kids, and Rey Mysterio is a very popular guy, and I just think that they're going to go that route and have Rey Mysterio go over and defeat Cody Rhodes, even though this is a good chance for Cody Rhodes to get a big win against a former world champion and a huge, huge name in the company and in the wrestling business as a whole. But uh, I just think that Rey Mysterio is going to win. And the highlight of this is pretty much going to be, uh, like some of you have already talked about, what outfit will Rey Mysterio wear to WrestleMania since he always has these different character outfits, whether it's Avatar, the Joker, or whatnot. Uh, I think it's going to be the Green Lantern, but we'll see about that. But it should still be a good match. Right. I am looking forward to this one. All right, Don, what about you? Yes, my two predictions. Number one, he will be Green Lantern. Number two, <laughs> Rey Mysterio will win this match. Um, yeah, this was the only match on the card 
as a group, we we disagreed on because Batman went with Cody. Um, I would like Cody to win, and I, I know Corey does too. We feel Cody needs this. Honestly, he does. But once again, this is WrestleMania. Uh, it, it's it's just Ray all, uh, written all over it. I think that's the safe bet. You know, at WrestleMania, I think it's mostly always tuned more towards the faces. I think Ray's caught the shit end of the stick for most of this angle, you know, kind of always getting beat down and beat down and beat down, and WrestleMania will just be finally his retribution, and he'll get the win. So Ray Mysterio on this one, and he will be the Green Lantern. Okay. Green Lantern. Everybody seems to think Green Lantern. I'm thinking more Captain America. Oh, well, yeah, Captain America. See, I said, That's what Fat Man said. Yeah, I said Captain America. <laughs> or he dresses Fat Man after dark with the white three-piece suit black Tie and a white fedora. <laughs> As you've nice seen the Fat Man After Dark. FatmanAfterDark.com. Casper the Friendly Ghost and Daniel Bryan. Missed? <laughs> okay. Um. Let me guess. You don't like this match either. It's not. It's not bad. This. This is. A, <laughs> this is a tough call. Sheamus has. He has a strong following. He's rumored to have be friends with um, Triple H, which can only help. But Daniel Bryan is strong. Okay, fine. He's friends with Triple H, um, but Daniel Bryan is the stronger talent. Like, he makes guys look good in the ring with just the stuff he can do. If they they let – if if Sheamus gets to keep it, they're going to make him work hard for it just to put on a show. But I really feel like Daniel Bryan should take it back and then come back to Raw and build his character up because that's where he kind of falls flat. Like they stuck him in this random thing with Gail Kim, who also has, like, no personality. He needs some sort of strong hero-type gimmick going over Sheamus. If they can't do that, then Sheamus is just going to keep it. But he's going to probably work hard for it. Like, they're going to put on a show, which I'm actually looking forward to seeing. All right, look at that. All right, Bronx, what about you? To be honest, I mean, he's good friends with Triple H and all, but it looks like he must have pissed Triple H off because this guy went from fighting the top guys, all of a sudden he's kind of got, like, kicked down to the second tier, and, you know, he's fighting for, like, second-tier championships. I don't know what the fuck he did. But either he pissed Triple H off or they're just fucking with him and busting his balls. I mean, here he is just fighting for this shit. And honestly, I think he's going to keep it, you know. But um, Brian's a really good, solid wrestler, man. I could see him becoming like the new Benoit, the new Bret Hart type of guy. You know, he's just going to bring that that wrestling back, you know. And I'd like to see him winning, but I believe Sheamus is going to keep it. So it it should be Sheamus losing because seriously, I mean, what happened? This guy was just in the top and now he's like... You know, fighting scraps, but that's how I see it. I mean, I don't know, but hopefully Brian will win it, but I think Sheamus is going to keep it, and that, that's how it's going to end up. All right. Fat Man, what about you? Uh, I will get elaborate on that. My understanding, and, you know, this is only from dirt sheets, websites, and rumor, and you never know um, how much you can take of this being truthful and how much of it is exaggerated, but... It was obvious that Sheamus had done something to make someone upset. You know, he had, he had, you know, he had dominated, 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 and the blow off to his feud with Triple H was him getting, you know, petted through a table, and then he ended up having to job out to Evan Bourne, who he had crushed a thousand times. Exactly. And the rumor was that he had pissed off 
Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn, for those of you who don't know, has been with the company for a very long time. He started there when he was a young kid as kind of an associate producer. He is now the executive producer of Raw. He is one of the biggest people in the company. He's up there with Johnny Ace and Stephanie and Hunter and Vince as far as like the really top upper echelon people. So he is a, he's a big name, and, and the story was that Schmitz did something to piss him off, and he kind of punished after he went King of the Ring with that outfit. I actually liked the outfit, but then he, they decided that he kind of paid his dues, and they gave him the U.S. title and this opportunity with Daniel Bryan. I think Sheamus is going to go over. I don't think they're going to put the title on him for two weeks and have him drop it back. I also think that the story was that this is going to open up the card, and I think this could be the, the match that has the potential of really dealing the show. I think Sheamus and his style are excellent. You know, Brian, Brian Danielson's history in wrestling goes without saying. If they allow him to open it up, you know, there's really no telling what he could accomplish. These are two young guys who could really make their mark in the business and in WWE by putting on a really, really good show. So my prediction is Sheamus will retain the U.S. title, and I think there's a lot of potential here to be the, the match of the night or the, the surprise match of the night. All right, fair enough. Corey, what about you? Uh, I'm really looking forward to this match, you know. These are two guys who can go out there. I think they have some good chemistry together. I think they can put on a uh, really good match. You know, Daniel Bryan's a guy, when when his music hits and he first comes out, you know, he really doesn't get that much of reaction because, you know, I don't think people really appreciate what he can do but then once he steps through those ropes and he gets going and he starts doing these moves you know he gets the crowd hot and he gets them behind him uh which is why i think this is going to be the match that opens the show and is going to be able to keep the crowd interested and really hot and get them pumped up for the rest of the show uh for, you know sheamus uh he he was one of the top guys you know not that long ago uh personally i just think he fell victim to really having nothing much left to do once they once you know his feuds kind of stopped he really kind of fell you know into nowhere with no real feud to go after that you know once the Miz and Randy Orton got together there was really nothing else for him to do because Cena was with Nexus so I think he just fell victim to just not having nothing to do and I think that they felt they should just break him down just to build him back up and I think this is the process they're in now of building him back up uh, which is why I think he will retain the title in a very good match with Daniel Bryan that I'm much looking forward to all right. Fair enough. Don? Yeah, I'm so looking forward to this match. Uh, I, I 100% agree with my buds here. I, I think Sheamus will retain. There's no way in hell he's going to walk away with a three-week title reign. Uh, you know, Sheamus paid his dues. He got put through a table and crushed by Triple H. Uh, he lost many, many matches. He had the curse of the King of the Ring, and that is now done. He is on a roll now. He won the title. He beat Kofi when they did the champion versus champion match on SmackDown. I mean, he's looking really hot right now. And, of course, Daniel Bryan, enough can't be said about this guy. Uh, just an amazing worker. This is the most obvious match to start the show to get the crowd really hyped. I really hope they give these guys plenty of time. I don't want a rush match. I want at least 15 minutes between these two to really just go out there and do their thing. And I think this is probably the main match on the whole card that has gotten the least exposure. They never talk about this match. Even when they run through the card, they don't even advertise this match. And I think it's really sad because I think, you know, when it's all said and done, this is going to be the match a lot of people talk about. So, um, you know, so but definitely Sheamus will retain in the end result here. 
Yeah, they definitely don't appreciate right. real, real wrestling. You know, it's going to be an underdog match for sure, but I believe it's going to have a lot of potential yep. as well. There you go. It, you know, you know what it is. I, I agree that it's going to be a very physical match. There's going to be, I think, there's going to be more of a stiffer style, more of a catch, more of a catch style with with Daniel Bryan in there, and there's going to be uh, a lot of spots where you're going to wince a lot, given that Sheamus's offense is 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 a power offense against. Um, Brian's technical offense. I, I have, I, you know, I, I really would like Brian to win it. I mean, stranger things have happened in terms of booking where he could still be getting punished and given the short reign and make a hot shot it back to Brian, and you know, for the feel good moment, and then have him feud with Sheamus a little bit. That, that's how I see it. I mean, they could they could just as easily do that and hot shot it on onto. Uh, to Brian, and then just continue the feud that way. And maybe have Sheamus win it back on Raw. We don't know how how deep the punishment goes, so it could just as easily be that punishing him on the biggest stage. Um, yeah, well, we know title reigns are just flimsy nowadays. I mean, and we've seen Kane yep. win it the night before to lose it the next day on Monday night. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. The title reigns are nothing nowadays. Yep, same thing with Ziggler. They did that with Ziggler also in Edge. All right. What do we got here? Where, where the fuck are all my notes? <laughs> all right. The 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 uh, Morrison and Trish Stratus and Snooki, we, 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 that's going to fucking drag out this segment way too long, so we'll just do it quick. Uh, Mist, Lay Cool, or the, or, the, or the Brunette Mafia, quote-unquote. Snooki's the celeb. She's going to win. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Don, what do you got? Uh, Team Morrison, all the way. Like, is it, you're not going to bring a celebrity on and not have them be in the winning match. So the, the, they will win, hands down. Bronx, what about you? Yeah, I agree with them. It's it's going to be Snooki's crew all the way. They're not going to have her get hurt. I mean, she's probably uh, insured and all that shit right now, so <laughs> no way she's going to get hurt. All right. Batman, what about you? Yeah, I think this is pretty obvious. They're not going to pay Snooki whatever they're paying her. They're not going to bring in Trish just to have them job out. Snooki may get the pin over Layla, but I think what we can look forward to is some good action between Dolph and John Morrison that's really going to make this match somewhat watchable. Fair enough. I can definitely see that happening. And uh, Corey? Uh, yeah, Snooki, Trish, and John Morrison... I will win this match, but I'm looking forward to see uh, John Morrison and Dulce get some time to put on a good match. Is there an echo in this fucking Uh, house? What was that? Is there an echo in this house? Corey likes to to repeat everything I say, because he knows that the fat man never lies. Fatmanafterdark.com. You copied me from the other night, son. I said that already on on our show the other night. I don't don't remember that. One thing thing before I I go into... uh, Miz and Cena and Undertaker and Triple H. Um, one one thing I, I gotta I gotta definitely acknowledge you guys for was having sex with Santino. I gotta bring that up because that was very cringeworthy on, on future endeavors. Very cringe. It was it was all That was all fat man talking about blowing. Was, I know. I know. <laughs> All I said... It was, it was fucking cringeworthy, bro. All I said hilarious. was that I love Santino so much, I would blow him in front of Macy's and give him 20 minutes to get a crowd organized. 
You have a lot of kinky fantasies. You know this, right? That's all I say. I to, and I, I will stand by that. You would say that on the air podcast that could be repeated for years to come. So <laughs> I will stand oh, I by that. That was that was a sound bite that, that just jumped out, and I said, oh, fuck, i got to bring this up when I get when these guys are on the show. It was it was ridiculous. And I, and I just had to throw that out there. Um, future endeavors is, is no joke with that shit. Hilarious. Um, well, at least I admit the, 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 that I want to blow one of these guys. Corey and Don want to go blow diesels and, and do crazy lick peanut butter out of their anus. Oh, Eat craft singles out of zombie Yokozuna's butt cheeks. I mean, we could do it all, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Yokozuna's shit. all Fucking fat man after dark. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all fat man right there. Fat man, fat man loves Yokozuna. He's all about that Yokozuna. My Yokozuna. <laughs> um, before before we go into the uh, into the last two matches, um, somebody mentioned it in the chat, and I've been noticing it too. There is now a ping sound. It's some IMing, BBMing, Facebooking, chat rouletteing, whatever the fuck. Somebody's pinging. Mist, is it you pinging with Twitter? I'm not pinging. I'm not. Oh, my God. Why do you think it's my Twitter? I'm tweeting, but I don't ping. All right. Not what I, heard. I don't. Uh, I'm tweeting, and I don't ping. <laughs> you should get that checked out. Not um, according to our conversation with Brenda Bay on the, um, All right. The Undertaker versus Triple H. Miz, take it away. Okay. To all the taker marks out there, it is only Uh-oh. 18. He's not going anywhere. Relax. Nope. Until it nope. is two decades, you should just twiddle your thumbs and immediately vote on Undertaker because he needs to get to two decades in order for this streak to truly mean something. So that's, that's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> I agree. Huh. All right. Don? Um, yeah, you know, I love Triple H. He's one of my all-time favorites, and I would love to see him end the streak, but let's be real here. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, we were talking about this on the show the other night. I find the funniest thing about this match is if you watch the True History of WrestleMania DVD, Triple H <laughs> states for the record that he feels the re- the streak should never be broken. And it's just, it's kind of funny that you know, now this is what the angle is, and he's so adamant about breaking the streak. Um, but you know, I think it's going to be an awesome match. It's probably the match that I'm looking most forward to. I think this will go on last, and I think it will probably steal the show. Um, you know, I, I think these two will go out and really just bring it. And I, I think we're going to see a shit ton of false finishes like Shawn Michaels and Undertaker from the last couple of years, and you're going to be on the edge of your seat. But obviously in the end, uh, it will, of course, be 19-0. There you go. Can't, can't argue that. I agree 100%. Bronx, what about you? I know you have a, a little disdain for the Undertaker, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean this this was uh this was our guy when we were kids, you know, this this guy came out and That's right. we shit our pants, you know. We just wanted to blow the guy like this guy wants to do to Santino and <laughs> you know, it, it was crazy and Undertaker was the man. You put him in the ring with anybody, he's gonna kick some ass. But now he's like this old dude just still trying to be cool, just still trying to hang on to his career 
And the match has, has been so predictable for years. Like, I don't even get interested in it. I don't get excited for it because he's not going to lose. He's never going to lose that streak. And, and there's no tension. If you know the outcome, there's no tension. It's going to be a good match. They're both good, great performers. They're going to do their thing. But you know how it's going to end. Taker's going to take it. Triple H is going to get his ass kicked. I expect Michaels to interfere a few times. Um, you know, I, I would have thought they they were going to have a few just because the way Raw started out when they were having a little words with each other, uh, Triple H and Shawn. But, you know, they shouldn't get into that. That's This guy's over the hill too, Shawn Michaels. So it's going to be Taker, but I just hope he, you know, I, I wish he'd lose the fucking streak, but it's never going to fucking happen. So he's going to go two decades and that's a wrap. And real quick, I just want to jump yeah. in real fast because that's been the big thing too. Is a lot of people think Shawn Michaels is going to get involved, and I hope to God he yep. doesn't. And I honestly don't think he will. Um, you know, I think he might come out and he might have a presence there, but I really don't think uh, he'll do anything in this match. And I hope he doesn't because I really want it to be just a good. Uh, you know, I like that it's no holds barred, and I really hope these two just go crazy. But I, I hope for one that Shawn Michaels does not get involved in this. All right, fair enough. Fucking ping. If I could jump through this microphone and strangle whoever is pinging whatever they're doing, I'll strangle them with their own intestines. Please shut that shit off. Um, all right, I had Bronx. I had... At last, Don, that was you? Yes, sir. All right, Corey. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to this match. The Undertaker uh, is my all-time favorite. You know, I've always... Love what this guy has brought, the character, the presence, you know, the in-ring ability. I've loved it all. Uh, and something that, you know, him and Shawn Michaels have been able to do these past two years was make me disband my disbelief, which is what wrestling is all about, is, you know, throwing all logic out the window and just getting involved in what's going on in the ring. And being able to do that and knowing, you know, that The Undertaker was going to win, but still caring enough to really think Shawn Michaels had a chance and really cared about what was going on. Uh, makes it even better, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen uh, this Sunday. I think him and Triple H are going to have a great match. You know, having no holds barred, I think, helps uh, protect the Undertaker a little bit because he's still hurt. And doing this will allow them to do some stuff that you know won't will allow them to hide his injury a little bit. But you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna put us on an emotional roller coaster, and it's just going to be you know tons of false finishes, and you know a lot. Of, it's going to look like Triple H is about to break the streak, but he doesn't. Uh, in the end, it's going to be 19-0. The Undertaker will stand uh, strong once again, and I think that you know it's going to hold out until he gets to uh, WrestleMania 30 at Madison Square Garden when it's him and John Cena, and then that's when the true test will happen to see if the streak will end or not. All right, Batman, you want to close this out? Absolutely. I will just say a couple things. First, I think that the funniest thing about this build is that they have a company policy not to acknowledge the fact that the two of them had a WrestleMania contest at WrestleMania 17. I will also That's say right. I that, remember that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hunter takes that bump, and it looks really awesome the video, and then you see he fell onto a mattress. So it was visually right. stunning, but it was a very safe bump. Anyway, I will say that you know the Undertaker is has become injury prone over the last few years, but just by looking at the last two years of WrestleMania, the man can still bring it. The man still knows how to operate inside the ring, and like he used to, it's his yard. 
and as long as he can do that and give those kinds of memories, and, and I know I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here, but for for my money, and I'm not a Shawn Michaels mark at all. I'm not a big Shawn Michaels fan, but their match at WrestleMania 25 to me is the greatest match in WrestleMania history. Because uh, I don't like Steamboat and Savage, I really didn't like Brett Shawn. So that's just my opinion. So I don't. I don't think you can say he's over the hill or he's lost it or he should retire when he can still have those kinds of things going on. I'll say that he is 8-0, and in a world where we've talked about titles don't mean anything, winning doesn't mean anything, submitting doesn't mean anything, the streak still means something to me. And it means something to a lot of other wrestling fans, too. It may be the last bastion of a bygone era, which is why, like Don said, Shawn Michaels shouldn't get involved on either side. How would you like the streak to end because Shawn Michaels interfered? It would be shitting on everything that this has meant. I also want to say The Undertaker has missed two WrestleManias over the last 20 years because he's been with the company now for over 20 years. He's missed two WrestleManias because of injuries, so he could have already been 20-0 because he's been with the company uh, for all this time. So I don't see any reason why Hunter should go over. You shouldn't end the streak just to end the streak. And, you know, and I think they would have been better off trying to put somebody in there that you thought might have a shot. Because sometimes, some years you can tell. A lot of people were really into Sean, especially last year. But the year I went to WrestleMania in Orlando, there was no way Edge was going to beat him. There was no way Batista was going to beat him. There was no way the A-Train and the Big Show were going to beat him in that tag match. So there was no way Mark Henry was going to beat him, or the Big Boss Man, or Giant Gonzalez to go way back. So, Jesus. in my opinion, The Undertaker is going to win and go 19-0, and and I think we'll finally get what the company always seems to plan for and never follows through with, which is the John Cena Undertaker WrestleMania thing that has to come at some point. It may be in Miami next year. We may get to 20 and 0, or we may get to 19 and 1. I also want to say 18 and 1, go New York Giants. That Super Bowl, they beat the Patriots. David Tyree, Eli Manning. I made a lot of money in that Super Bowl, so 18 and 1 has a special <laughs> has a special uh, memory in my head. You know, I I definitely I don't you know I, they could call it a thousand different ways. Oh yeah, Triple H looks awesome going into the match. He is not fucking winning. The way I've always I've always I've always said it. I've said it in past episodes. The Undertaker is going twenty and zero. And he's going to retire undefeated and go in the Hall of Fame in that same year. That's going to be it. Just because it's, it's the only long-term angle that WWE actually has had the balls to stick to. And they're not going to end it with some ass-backwards 19-1, 18-1. They're going to let the guy go 20-0. I believe that given his longevity, the, the sacrifices he's made for the business, he's owed that much and that legacy. So I see it going, it's going to be a great match. It's going to be a competitive match. Will it live up to the expectations of, of Michaels and Undertaker? Probably not. It'll be damn close, but Undertaker's going 20-0. and 0. So even if he were to fight Cena next year, it, it's, a, it's, all, it's like you were saying before, it's so formulaic 
what you know to to reference what Batman said, so formulaic and so easy to see that we know that's how it's going to end. And the big one, the Miz and John Cena missed. Take it away. Oh, I don't want to get long-winded. Everyone knows how much I just think the Miz is an abomination. <laughs> the Miz is an abomination. But I think he's going to win it. Or I think he's going to do something dirty and he'll win. So that's it. Because wow. Lord knows that finisher isn't crap. Sorry. I'm better. I'm good now. I'm good. He'll win. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett will want his finisher back. So he can he can on Karen, so he can use it on Karen Angle. Uh Don <laughs> Um you know, this this was one that if you would have asked me two weeks ago I would have said John Cena uh, was gonna be your new champion, but based on the events that went down Monday night, uh with, you know, the Rock of course getting the attitude adjustment. Um, I think The Rock will end up coming out, and I think he will end up costing Cena this opportunity. Uh, so, yeah, I, my official prediction is that The Miz will retain, I think, definitely due to The Rock, and, um, you know, that will hopefully set up for something down the road between Cena and Rock uh, at some point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is taking quite the turn. I mean, when Miz, when Miz won the title, I know I didn't think he'd make it past the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I knew uh, Corey didn't think he'd make it past the Elimination Chamber. Uh, I think Batman was the only one that thought he'd actually make it to Mania. Um, but we all assumed he'd lose it by Mania, no doubt, and especially when Cena became the number one contender, it was just pretty much, you know, written in the stars at that point that, you know, you were going to have a new champion because, you know, WrestleMania is Cena's time, and, and it still could very well turn out to be that because, I mean, Cena could end up winning and then The Rock could just end up jumping him, you know, during the celebration. Uh, but I, I truly believe after what went down on Monday, I, I think that Miz will retain and he'll walk out still the WWE champion. All right. Ron, what about you? Well, I'm probably against the uh, general consensus, but I actually like The Miz. I mean, I think he's he's fun, he's entertaining. He's everything a bad guy should be. You know, he's an idiot, and, and everybody likes to boo him. You really want to punch this guy in the face, you know, especially with his lackey, uh, Riley, there. You just want to knock these guys out. He, he's a good performer, you know. He's, he's good entertainment. I, I like The Miz. I think he should stay the uh, champion because I love when a heel has the belt. It just... Adds more tension. It adds for good TV. You know that's what it makes for. And Miz is going to take it at the end. Um, I believe The Rock is definitely going to call a scene of the match, which is going to set up their uh, feud for the next few months, going into SummerSlam and you know things like that. But um, it's definitely going to be the Miz keeping it with The Rock interfering, slapping the shit out of Cena, and that's going to be pretty exciting. I mean, I was hoping that uh, that the writers were smart enough to set up like a triple threat match, but I guess. They don't want any way for The Rock to kind of win the belt, you know, because he's just in and out, so. But that that would have been really fucking cool. As a fan, I, I would have wanted them to, like, knock The Miz out and then just have Cena and The Rock fight because this, these are the guys you want to see fight. This is what WrestleMania would have been about. Everybody would have ordered it. You know, it would have been the stuff of ages, but they have to have The Miz in there, and he's going to have to keep the belt while Cena and The Rock just do their things until maybe SummerSlam or whatever pay-per-view they want to end it in, and that's how it's going to end up. So Miz wins. And Cena and Rocco wants a feud. All right. Fair enough. Corey? This is match number three where they have the chance to build another star. And in this one, I think they have the opportunity to build a superstar. Because if The Miz gets a big victory over John Cena at WrestleMania, a man who has won 
who has been in seven straight championship matches at WrestleMania, is always in a world title match at WrestleMania. This will elevate The Miz into superstar level. Uh, I do think that The Rock will most likely get involved. Uh, I'm still iffy on if he is going to cost Cena the title or not, or if he's just going to come down and kind of walk around the ring and kind of, you know, make Cena a little nervous on what he's going to do. But in the end, I do think The Miz will walk out with the WWE title. I think he needs this very, very badly, and I hope they don't blow this opportunity on creating a huge superstar in The Miz just to put the title back on John Cena, which is something he doesn't need. If he loses, it's not going to hurt him. He's still the biggest draw in the company. He's still the number one guy. This is the chance to make The Miz into superstar level. And I'm hoping that after this is done, though, this will lead to Rock and Cena, maybe at SummerSlam. Uh... You know, Future Endeavor's crew is going there live, so I'd love to see that live. Uh, but I do think that, that this is where that's going to lead because they need a payoff for these two. I don't want to see them uh, get in the ring after the match and, and Rock just raise Cena's hand and show him some respect if he wins the title. I don't want none of that. So hopefully the Miz walks out champ and uh, we continue the Rock and Cena feud. If I could interject there for a second, I also think that um, with what he just said, I think this is the best way to turn Cena heel because there's no way... That he's going to get a higher pop, a face pop than The Rock. This is the best way to turn Cena heel. Have him as this really dickhead bad guy, and Rock's going to just stomp him out in SummerSlam. And that, that's what fans want to see. We want to see Cena go bad because he's a good bad guy. He was great before, and The Rock just whooping his ass at SummerSlam. That that'll be great. I'd like to see that play out. Fat Man, how about you? Uh, absolutely. I'll say one thing uh, for Bronx there. I don't think you're in the minority really liking The Miz. I I think Don and Corey and I, we are all big fans of The Miz, and we've been big fans of The Miz throughout his title reign. And I think it is interesting how uh, our female contingent on the show doesn't like The Miz, who is getting the right kind of heat and being a really great heel and being the douchebag that he was when he was on MTV and really getting people to dislike him and looking forward to seeing him get his come up and, and him putting asses in seats as a bad guy as opposed to Michael Cole, who is not putting asses in seats and who has been basically can I, can, jammed down our throats. Can I address this? Can no. I address this? No, yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to address this because no. I'm going to say why. No. Miz went you from your mediocre say. wrestler no, to average not. wrestler. Okay? Wrong. You are, you no, are, no not, I'm going to say it. I know. He's you not, hate this guy. You hate that guy. And you want us to complain about everything on this card. <laughs> are you ordering the show or not? or not? This the Miz sucks. Okay, let me tell you something. First of all, his promos are not that entertaining. And you guys who do like him are in the same category as the women who like him because of the way he looks. He's not that innovative on the mic. And he's even less innovative in the ring. So do I want to see him champion over guys who have worked really hard and been on the roster far longer and deserve shots at that goal that Cena has held and sat on for years? Yes. Should it be The Miz? Hell no. Who deserves to wear John the John Morrison is better than The Miz. Well, Hell, I mean, Dolph Ziggler I, is better Dick, than The Miz. Uh, okay. You said that like John Morrison doesn't deserve it. <laughs> I, I said, so I'm just I, saying, I, like, you got The Miz sitting here with the damn thing turned upside down, and we should all just penny wet for him? No, he's not that yeah, innovative. And even I, when he was, no, even he when he was tag teaming with Natalie John Morrison, John Morrison was better on the mic than him. He was the one with the funny quips. He was the charming of sex. We were there to see him. 
Well, he's all right. The Miz, and then the Miz got the pullover. Please, no. It's, it's, he's an abomination. No, I don't want to hear it. Uh-oh, all right. Hold on, hold on. I predicted, and I want to predict that it would be the Miz and Morrison going at WrestleMania, and I predicted against my better judgment that John Morrison would win the Royal Rumble. So don't tell me that I don't like John Morrison and I have to feel this way because I like the Miz, because that's just not true. You're not I'm not saying you have to feel anyway. I'm just saying the Miz is the abomination here. If he had a heel up against John Morrison, I might have bought it a little bit more. But he's going over John Morrison, and John Morrison now is what? Like jobber status almost? Like mid-carding still? No, come on. He's like Sheamus. The title is and we got this mediocre abomination who can, you know, I'm awesome. What the f- and now I'm being right, told by somebody that I'm not a John Morrison fan. I, I rode that son of a bitch all the way to WrestleMania, even in the Elimination Chamber. I was still predicting that they were going to go with Miz and Morrison for WrestleMania because that's what I thought would be the best match. No one has been a stronger supporter of John Morrison for the last six months than I have. That doesn't mean I can't enjoy it with the Miz either. And you're complaining about the Miz's finisher when the other guy in the match does a fucking airplane spin and, and a fucking fireman's kick as his finisher. Okay, excuse me, I'm not a John Cena fan either. Okay, both of them are about as mediocre as you can get and still be called wrestlers, okay? So, like, innovation, they are not. But still, if I had to choose, this, like, push to the moon they've given the men, no. Not over all the other guys. Hell, our truth is more entertaining than he is in Tamron. I interrupted by someone who had Sorry. Hold on, hold on. That was uh, that that was good. That that was that was fucking. I am um, I actually I actually have callers I want to bring in also. Um, but we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Fat makes valid point. And before I bring the callers on, because I have two of them on hold, I will I will say this about the Miz. The Miz has shades of a real douchey Chris Jericho. He's not as good as Jericho, but he he, he captures that same. That, that same wanna-punch-you-in-the-face mentality that Jericho had when he was wearing his little three-piece suit and cutting his uh, promos against the fans. The only thing with the Miz that I feel is, is, is shitty is the fact that as a, as a hype man, he's good, but his wrestling still needs work. It's almost like his mind feel developed first. And his wrestling is now starting to pick up. I don't hate the Miz. He's, he's a character that needs to be hated. He's doing his job. That's all, that's all I want to add to that. Um, hey, even even Chris I, Jericho has stated when he comes back, he's he's coming for Miz to get his gimmick back. <laughs> so, it, it's pretty yeah, apparent man. there that more than one person thinks that. Chris Jericho's better on the mic, though. And in the ring. Thank you. <laughs> There's well, no I don't think anyone is going to argue that point except maybe <laughs> exactly. the mother. Hello. That that speaks for itself. Yeah. yeah. Right, I know he doesn't like the shoot his own horn, but Chris Jericho beat The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night once. I know he never talks about that, but that happened. Yeah, I know he never he never mentioned that, but you know he never talks happen. about it in uh, his promos. Let me um let me just uh, clear the board real quick. Uh, I have DCD on the on the air from the post game report. I was uh, actually on the on their show last night. DCD, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, dude? I'm I'm just listening to this banter about Miserico. So just yeah, I'm just chilling <laughs> with a beer. Yeah, I'm really I I'm, I guess I might just jumped in the show late, but I'm really trying to figure out why they're trying to make stars of Michael Cole and Snooki in the same damn show. That's what I uh, want to know. Oof. Yeah, Oof. that's a good point. 
You know, it's like, it is. I know Michael Cole's going to get his ass beat and stunned and whatever, and that'll be fun, but Snooky? Really? We we couldn't, like, get Mae Young out there? Really? <laughs> oh, Was she not available? Is that, a, is that, is that what's up? The problem is Mae Young, like, Young doesn't like the word PG. She likes to call them sluts and bitches and get into it with them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that definitely doesn't draw ratings compared to Snooki. They haven't by her house and she called people bitches. <laughs> exactly. Not since that old school Raw, they locked her in the back with the fucking the pen. And, and the then she gave birth to a hand after it was over. That That's was right. Nice. And then she showed her tits like at the at the Rumble in the 2000. Oh right. God, that was <laughs> gross. Oh God, I, I was eating I was eating like hot Cheetos, and now I just threw them up. I got a big mess of orange in my lap. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank God you were eating Rice Krispies with some strawberries on top. Oh. Yeah, yeah, if, you didn't throw, if you didn't throw up with all that blowing that went on of different wrestlers from all of you guys, you'll be fine. My show was weird. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know it, it, it's funny that, that DCD brings it up and, and he kind of ties it together. I think that the making of stars, there's always going to be a celebrity presence. We've all established this at WrestleMania. They're just taking advantage of what's hot at this moment. I mean... Six months ago, and, and most of you guys know this, everybody said Justin Bieber was performing at WrestleMania. So, you know, oh, it was WWE taking advantage of what's hot. And I'm surprised Lady Gaga wasn't at fucking WrestleMania. Well, she's another woman with a penis, so... maybe well, No new kids on the block? No new kids on the block res- resurrection? Come on. We could have pummeled them with steel chairs. That would have made money. They could have oh, Michael Jackson versus the core. <laughs> we already got Donnie Wahlberg at WrestleMania 11, so <laughs> I don't see why oh they wouldn't get it. Step uh, right. your key when you need him. Hmm? Anything else you want to add, DCD? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I'm really disappointed that there's not a Money in the Bank match this year. Yes. I think, obviously, getting somebody like Christian or Kofi or, you know, Daniel Bryan or even, like, Evan Bourne, he's not even going to be, you know, Getting any action at WrestleMania? Who be getting action? Is, so it's a win, obviously. So whatever. No, Although I'll be getting action in the pre-WrestleMania Battle Royals, <laughs> we'll be going down. Yeah, you know, yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> you never know, that might be the dark match this year. <laughs> the one thing yeah, that's 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 Money in the Bank match. It'll be on the DVD. <laughs> yeah, well, I know well, Money well, in the Bank has its own pay-per-view, but still, we should have well, saved the a match thing. for WrestleMania. We talked about this on Future Endeavors. The Money in the Bank review, they really plug in like main event type guys. They could have put a lot of these mid-card guys and really had a chance to elevate a John Morrison or a, a possibly Dolph Ziggler or someone like Absolutely. that. I had already predicted but when I thought there was going to be one that John Morrison was going to win the Money in the Bank and then go on sometime to cash it in. And unfortunately, they decided to not go in that direction. So, no, I, I think the Money in the Bank, you know, could have could have been on this card as well as having their own pay-per-view. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Kind of no. things, but what are you going to do, you know? We're just All wrestling right. fans. Anything. What do we know? DCD, I mean, I am looking forward to it. I am looking forward to WrestleMania. It'll be fun to watch and everything, and obviously a lot will go down on the show. And like you said, The Rock will probably screw over Cena, and they'll be, like, going over huge. But I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's some things that feel kind of left out. You know? True. Um, before, before, so, before you go, DCD, I, I definitely wanted you to get a plug out for, for your show. So hit us with that real quick. Oh, yeah. You can check out the post-game report over at uh, talkingaboutgames.com. 
And uh, oh, if you like video games, I also work over at PlanetXbox360.com. I just reviewed uh, Shift 2 Unleashed and NASCAR The Game 2011, and, of course, uh, WWE All-Stars, because it's actually pretty awesome. All right, cool. Thanks for the call, DCD. Definitely stick around, bro. I appreciate you calling in. Oh, I'll still I'll keep listening. I'll just keep chuckling if they mention Mae Young again. Be like, oh God, did you have to mention her tits? Thanks a lot. Thanks. <laughs> nice. See you guys. Thanks, DCD. You get those later, bro. You get those sluts off my TV. You tell those butchers I uh, want a no DQ match. Jesus, I have um, I have someone, I have someone on the air that actually is is calling because I'm sure they 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 have. A bone to pick with my buddy Mist. But, oh, wow. Um, oh, really? Only, Again? There's only 160 million not, people that I could possibly do <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's because they're all your not, fans. I saw, yes. I saw the Twitter timeline. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's coming. Yeah. yeah. Here I, we let go. Me, let me bring this person. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, Maria. Hi. <laughs> yeah, you know, Miss, I don't know. You're very blunt today. <laughs> very, very open. <laughs> She's open. I said I was going to blow Santino. Oh, exactly. See, I didn't give that much TMI. <laughs> I you know. You said you were going to keep back Santino with those big balls of yours, Miss. You got a lot of balls to complain about. And I would win, too. Have you seen him job recently? Of course, gonna, oh, of course Santino is going to job out. I think you should be in WrestleMania. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Only if I get to kick Mix, uh, Mrs. Ass, then yes. Yeah. She's, she's still going <laughs> right like there. Exactly. I, I want to give herself like, awesome, oh, man. I think WrestleMania was a minus three star. I don't think we did very good. At least I have a better finisher than him. <laughs> I will make oh, one up that's better than it. <laughs> Sorry. You know, the, the people, the people I help know. Know. You know, it's not an exciting finish, but it's tremendous. Oh, no, I, I just have a question. I want to know um, what you guys are, uh, think is what's going to happen with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Nothing. They're going okay. to uh, blow each other after the show. <laughs> Triple H is going to induct Shawn to the Hall of Fame, and <laughs> that's about that. They're going to lick yep. Nutella off of each other's nipples. Oh, um, no. See, I don't agree with them no. because I've learned the hard way that for some reason, no wrestler seems to retire. Like, they say they're going to retire, and then they show back up. Because he said he would never set foot on Raw again, and then he did. You know, and it wasn't like to get an award. It wasn't like for recognition. He showed up and was involved in an angle and then walked off looking, like, pathetic. So well, I think they're still going to deal with that. How many times has Terry Funk retired? Fifteen? <laughs> Terry Funk had his first retirement match in the 80s. See, he can get involved again. He may not, not to the level that he was where he's, you know, killing himself in the ring, but he might just come back and be there kind of as, I don't know, Triple H is. Because you know Triple H is going to do this more than once, this WrestleMania thing. He's not going to, what, what, no, Hunter's going to do this more than once. Because he's not going out, yeah, but I feel like he'll come back as sort of like, you know, I guess the the mouth in Hunter's ear where, you know, he either pumps him up or he's there to constantly maybe tear him down so he doesn't get this, you know, supposed win over the street. He's going to do something. I don't think he's done. I just don't. Do you think that's going to do him? 
he's either going to, like, mess with him or cause him to lose because they're going to have to explain him not winning, or yeah. he'll be there to constantly pump him up and try and prepare him for next WrestleMania because we know it's coming because, you know, obviously Sean did it twice, so why not Hunter? Yeah, I just find that kind of awkward because during, like, the raw, um, the commercial, they put that the Hall of Fame was going to be Monday, like the day after WrestleMania. So I found it kind of weird that if he did screw him on Sunday, and then Monday, I'm going to induct Shawn Michaels, my best friend. Like, really? <laughs> like, come on, that Michael. is true. You know, I mean, Unless I, yeah, but everybody bring knows the, the angle to before that. Right. Yeah, but yeah. maybe he'll bring, you know, the angle to the Hall of Fame and they'll, like, you know, stare each other down. Yeah. They don't have to they actually have. wreck it. That's true. I mean, I know, obviously, like, wrestling, you know, it's not how it used to be and it's not like, oh, my God, this is real. You know what I mean? But, I mean, so you got to kind of keep some storyline, like, okay. You know, and so I thought it was, like, weird. It's like, oh, so Hall of Fame is Monday, you know? <laughs> but No, I think he's going to stick before, around. Before I before I answer, can anybody agree with the fact that Shawn Michaels is fucking cross-eyed now? Like, when the fuck did he get cross-eyed? He can drop a dime and pick up two nickels. How the fuck did that happen? How did he get cross-eyed? Magically. Like, magically, I'm looking at him. I'm like, this cock-eyed motherfucker, what happened to him? I don't know. Is many chair shots? Yeah, Holy um, shit. he might also, I don't know if he's a glasses wearer, like some glasses uh, wearers, because I am one of them. If you take our glasses off and we don't have contacts on, like, <laughs> you will cross because, <laughs> I don't know if stuff's trying to focus or what, but sometimes it'll happen, so it could be that. I don't know. He I didn't notice work. it. So he I does don't wear know. glasses, by the way. Yeah, so he may oh, not have had his contacts right. in. Yeah. Oh, oh I noticed it too, Rich. I've, I've definitely noticed it. He's every time I see oh. him ever since he retired, he's hella cross-eyed now. Either that yeah. or he's got a lazy oh, yeah. eye. He might just have a lazy eye, and just that one just oh. <laughs> it's so far over it makes you think he's very cross-eyed. What do you think he's? You think he nicknamed his lazy eye Marty Janetti? Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> that is messed up. Messed up. He probably just calls it a Janetti. When he when he was staring at the Undertaker, he had to stand at an angle so that he could look directly at him. Oh my like, gosh, so that I could be looking at the angle where he was standing. Oh, I was done. I was like, yo, what is up with your eye, dude? Like, like, what happened? Holy uh, shit. Like, I, I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't alone in noticing Sean no, is Marty no. Gennetti now. Definitely not alone in that. <laughs> I mean, it's not Hacksaw Jim Duggan bad, but it's, it's you know, it's it's okay. <laughs> or the bushwhacker, you know. Oh, God. Oh, bushwhacker eyeball. You got a bushwhacker eyeball. Nice. <laughs> you got anything else? You got anything else, Maria? <laughs> no, that's it. Thank you. All right, cool. I, Thanks I, for I calling in. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. All right, we got we got one more caller. I know that we got half an hour of show left. Got a couple of things to get out of the way. Let me bring this last caller in. Uh, Jack, you're on the air. Hey, what's going on, you guys? What's going on, future Nevados? How you doing? Hey, good. Is it Jack Sparrow? 
Yes, sir. Jack Sparrow. Oh, my boy, Jack Sparrow. Oh, yeah, throw your hands up. I'm having, like, a good time listening to you guys talk. You guys are fucking crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Sean Michael called his I'm Marty Gennetti thing. That shit just had me rolling on the floor. I swear to God. Well, Jay, you got to um, come on my show. If you come on Fat Man After Dark, we can we can do an hour and a half of that stuff. <laughs> I'm definitely into that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually take a crack at that show after this one goes off. Um, awesome. Fat Man After Dark. Oh, Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, FatmanAfterDark.com. Great plug. Um, and I don't know how nobody noticed Shawn Michaels' eye because, you know, my girl don't even watch wrestling and she said he looks like a who from Dr. King. <laughs> 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 Yo, about him, you know, not being very entertaining. I mean, I do want him to win over John Cena, but he is, like, he does nothing to me. He's just a recycled Chris Jericho. I don't find nothing entertaining about the Miz. Uh, but you kind of crashed it when you said that our truth is better than him because Anything I am a hip-hop fan. <laughs> no, I'm a hip-hop fan, and, and, you know, and I am a colored man. And when that nigga come on my television screen, I'll be saying, please take your grease off my TV. See, I, you know, that, that's the problem I have with a lot of people that say they hate R-Truth. I remember who R-Truth was before he was R-Truth, when he was, you know, killings and he had a serious heel gimmick and he was doing great things on the indies. That wet-ass, what's-up bullshit that he does on WWE is just beyond. Like, I, I don't know why every minority in the WWE has to, they've got the colognes walking around with these enhanced accents, uh, yeah. Ray Mysterio, you can barely understand him, and then you got him walking around, what's up, what's up, half-ass rap, no, come on, but you know, yeah, I, I, understand, I get the gimmick, but he's more than that, like you, you have you to be his stuff Booker before, T. Yeah, I mean, because everything is so character-based, so I guess, you know, when you, okay, when, you, when you are making these characters, you want them to play to their audience, but with our truth is just like, like what the hell did Whoopi Goldberg and Apollo Kraft have a love child? Like <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg oh. flavor flavor somebody. You know what I mean? He really does have a flavor flavor thing going on. And I will say I don't like I don't dislike our truth because he's black. I dislike our I dislike our truth because I'm white. Get <laughs> <laughs> this colored person off this white man's revelation. Oh my gosh, that is the nicest racist statement oh. I have ever heard. Still breathing up John Cena's air. God, I, I wish I had my red dragons right now. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not going to keep you guys like any longer. But um, just one last thing. My whole thought you of the whole Triple H and Undertaker match. Uh, I think I think personally behind the scenes, I think. Triple H wants so much to be like Shawn Michaels. Um, I mean, just with two friends competing and coming up and stuff. And I think, I think I agree with. Uh, I think Miss said it that next year he's going to try to do another match with Undertaker, probably. And I think he's going to do that just because he's never had that type of hype around a WrestleMania match like Shawn Michaels has had. And he pretty much accomplished everything Shawn Michaels did and even more. But even with all the championships, you know, people are still saying WrestleMania match at twenty-five match was the best. And Triple H name wasn't in there, so I think as, as, personally, as a friend, I think he is going to try to take on Taker two times because I think he really wants to be Shawn Michaels, you know, no matter what he says or whatever he said last Monday about you know Michael being soft and stuff like that. You know, well, that's all scripted. They're still friends, you know, behind the scenes. That's all scripted. 
But I, I don't know if he wants to be better than Shawn Michaels because that, that's a lot of legacy to try and go after. But I do think he wants to have something memorable that people will talk about. So he needs two to do that because obviously, you know, he just can't do it one. with one match. He can't. He, yeah. There's just not enough time. And then he'll hype, you know, the few, just like Shawn Michaels did, where even after the match was over, he was still appearing on SmackDown whenever The Undertaker was there. He was still, like, glaring at him. And then there were all these times where Hunter was in the back telling him, you know, you need to let this go and don't be so stressed about it and you're you're obsessed. He wants one of those types of moments where he gets, like, a long storyline that drags over two years. Yeah. I mean, I'm glaring that, at him I'm, with I'm, the thirsty eye. <laughs> what, is he glaring at him with a thirsty eye is the question <laughs> and I, I mean no, I, know, but, um, I know it's scripted and stuff like that I mean I'm just talking about like just personal like I mean before you have your mania match you have to go to the bookers and you know say well, I want to work with this guy so you know um, I mean I hear it all the time in the DVDs so I, I think you know personally you know when he wakes up in the morning and he looks in the mirror I, I, he knows he's never had that type of hype behind the match like HBK had, you know, he could still be his friend and stuff like that. But you know, it's just it's like friendly competition, and I think he really wants what Shawn Michaels had these last two years. Well, well it's not just that. You also have to understand um, the ta- the Taker streak is sort of a tradition. And when, like they said, Taker is not injured, he likes to be at Mania to defend it. So who else do they have that can go up against him? They have to kind of have Triple H do this. He really doesn't have much of a choice because if what they're saying, uh, I think Fat Man said it, it's going to be the final showdown between Taker and John Cena, which is what they're building for, Cena would be the last kind of iconic for this era uh, WWE person that the Taker could take on. So there's no one really now that he can do another two years so he can get to 20 because obviously he needs to get to 20. That's the big deal. Well, well, I heard this is only a rumor now. This is only well, no, a that's, that's rumor. That's a rumor, yes, but it, it, it's a very valid and logical but kind of thing. Say, there is no one really there that can there is, kind of take the taker rumor. out. There's a rumor out there that if they'd seen for next year, they've got to try to have the Undertaker wrestle Pauly D. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck, man. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Now, thing. You know what? <laughs> Like in October every year, that the plan is to have the Undertaker wrestle Cena at WrestleMania, and this has been two or three years in a row, uh, and it, the uh, it was really prevalent last year, and then they decided to have Sean come in, and then Sean decided that's how he wanted to end his career and whatever. But you know, you're right, Miss. I mean, Cena is the closest thing we have today to what Hulk Hogan was in the '80s. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's that, that an iconic. You know, exactly. He's the big star, and that's the big feud, and it would make so much sense for them to put it together. Now, Future Endeavors will be at SummerSlam, hopefully for that Rock Cena thing, and we will be in Miami for WrestleMania for the hopefully the Cena Undertaker thing. So the Future Endeavors team, future-endeavors.com, we, we get around, as, as you heard tonight. Look at that. Nice. <laughs> you like that smooth plug slid right in, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like... <laughs> He's Ron Sturming them plugs right now. But, um, to, hey, to I, add, I back it up. <laughs> like a the, um, I wanted I wanted to ask um, Jackson since he he referenced the the R Truth situation, and um, I wanted to bring it up. 
One thing I have noticed is that almost every minority wrestler, and, and Miss also elaborated on that, gets saddled in some sort of racially stereotypical gimmick, except Kofi Kingston now. And, you know, I really like to, to reference what you guys said on Future and is that he will need an SOS because, I'm sorry, Kofi Kingston comes out there smiling, Uncle Tom it up, and yes. then... <laughs> it doesn't catch on, and now it's like, yeah, your shirt's seventy five percent off. We don't give a fuck about you, which is sad because he has a lot of talent. <laughs> oh shit! But um, I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask Jason, dude, what do what do you think is is the big gripe with minority wrestlers being saddled with stereotypical gimmicks? They're black. Like hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, to the point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty much because I think I really believe they get that way because black people, and I am not racist. I love my people. Swear <laughs> <laughs> to God, but black people they, 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 they get fearless when it comes to what they have to do. I mean, like King Booker, he shot to the top because he was willing to be a king. You can't tell a nigga you got to go out there put this crown on and this cape and entertain, because they don't want to do it. It's not cool. You know what I mean? And I think, I mean, as much as these guys, it may, it may appear on the surface that they're pushing their character, they're really not, because, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't see any black wrestler going out there with what King Sheamus wore after he won the King of the Ring. It's just not cool, you know? <laughs> MVP still comes back to the hood. You know what niggas would say to him? They say you was and went out there with wearing regal shit on. They, they went and... You know what I'm saying? I just think it's a, it's an ignorance that they're not open to do certain things. That's why they kind of get, you know, like needles in their haystack. I disagree. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's just my opinion, you know. Well, let me ask you a question <laughs> on that. Fine. Do you think it's it? You think it it's more? You know, do you think it's more acceptable than to be like what Crime Time was, where they were basically stealing people's shit? And that was their gimmick, was that they were basically street thugs. Is that better than, you know, being a king and wearing a cape? A certain no, I actually, no, I thought, I think King Booker was better than that. I, and, oh, and, I agree. Like, I mean, I love Booker T. He's one of my all-time favorites. And yeah. he paid a lot of dues to get where he got. But I'm just saying, do you think for certain people, if they came to you, for certain people, uh, they said, you know, we can either make you a king, you can go out there with a cape and do all that stuff, or we'll make you a street criminal. You think a lot of people would say, well, I need to keep that my credibility, so I'm going to be a street criminal, even though I would, it would make more sense for me to be kind of the king with the cape? Yeah, I, I think that's what they would say. I think they would say, I think they would feel like they could play that role better and try to make something of it. But, you know, once it's on television, it's already stereotypical. You know what I mean? But, can, can I say something? Oh, I understand. Okay. Hello. If we said no, would you say no? Would go you, ahead. Would stop. <laughs> I don't give a damn what you say. Damn. Anyway, I know that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What I want to say is, um, let me just get it in really quickly. The the street thing you're saying with black people, that's fine. But look at all the other minorities that come to WWE. Are you going to really tell me that Yoshitatsu and I remember who he used to be because someone had to show me actually said he wanted that anime jumping through dragon happy no English speaking gimmick. I mean the thing? The thing is, if every minority company, is if stuck company, with a stereotype. What's that man? Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Let her 
let let it get let, let it get our point across because I definitely want to hear you saying I have I have somebody that I want to bring in on this too. But um, um, go ahead. Ms. I Finish just wanted point. to no, I just wanted to say quickly, like Crime Time, to my knowledge, is the only person who actually came up like, and, and it wasn't even Crime Time. It was JTG. He promoted, you know, the crime thugs, the kind of that kind of gimmick. But the rest of the huh, right? The neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. So he came up with his gimmick. But aside from that, he's really the only one who's had that type of stereotypical gimmick. The rest of them get handed that gimmick. You can't tell me that because even Carlito has said publicly that he was told to have, you know, his accent enhanced. You're taking a college-educated man, and he is college-educated, and had him talking like he was, you know, some kind of countryman from the back of Puerto Rico somewhere. Like, who sounds like that nowadays, honestly? And he was told to do that. And if you see now, he's gone, and they still got his brother sounding like that, and he has to force it out, and it doesn't sound right. They have his cousin over in FCW. They, he sounds, and I've heard these people speak when they're not in gimmick. They don't sound like that. But, Mitch, you make it sound like this is a new thing. This has been going on in wrestling since for the last 60 years. It's, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm not saying it's good that they do this and they, they want to pigeonhole minorities and stereotype them and do all these things. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's nothing new, and it's not like Vince McMahon created this. If you want no, to it's really nothing new, but I don't think every wrestler comes there and be like, I want to be you know, the most enhanced stereotype of the other my thing race is, possible. You know, let's say you've gone to the WWE and you're so excited you're in the, the major leagues, and they come to you and say, well, we're going to give you a mic. Sometimes you just kind of go with it, try to get it over. You don't think Terry Taylor wanted to be the Red Rooster, but you know they gave him the gimmick anymore. You don't think Tommy Dexter and those fuckers all wanted to be the Spirit Squad, but you know what? They did what they had to do, and Dolph Ziggler has come out of that and been able to to really do it. So sometimes you you're kind of put in the position where you know you're given um, you're given the situation, and you kind of have to make the most of it. So that's, I don't you. think a lot of those people want to do that. I just think they'll do – there's a lot of people that love the wrestling business that would basically do anything to be in WWE, and they'll say, well, I can go, and I can do this then, and then I can, you know, whatever. Ron Killings is an interesting scenario, though, because he is – you know, he was a TNA World Champion, and, you know, he could go and make a decent living without WWE, but he's decided to stay because – you know, they, the the money sometimes, you know, I'll do whatever you want. I mean, I'll clean the fucking toilets if you're going to pay me what you're going to pay me. Yeah, and a six lot figures a year is hard to sneeze at. That's the thing. True. Exactly. So, and you, well, you you're, you're, TV, you're a big star. I mean, it's tough to say no to that, even if it's even degrading. Like Jim Duggan said in a shoot interview, they were trying to get him out of his contract with WCW, and they made him the janitor, and they had him scrubbing the toilet with a fucking toothbrush. And he just kept on doing it because you can't say no to that money, money, yeah, yeah. As we say, in Whoa. my hood in Fairfax you know, County, Virginia, where every make, everybody makes 85000 or more a year. Wasn't George the Animal Steel like well, a college know. professor or some shit? Yeah, no, he was a, yeah, he was a science teacher. And they gave him that, uh, he said yeah, Vince McMahon gave him that crazy gimmick and tried to like get him, he wanted him to quit and George Steele just went with it. That's really the secret is you kind of do like, you just go over the top, like you just do it and you get over. I thought crime time was way over and I still don't get why they de-pushed him and then they broke him up and now Shad is out, you know, being arrested for walking down the street while being black. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I mean, I yeah, never well, understood that because I thought Crime Time was well, over, you know, and I was a big fan of those. You know, they used to do the CTC thing, Crime Time with Cena, and, you know, it's that's a whole other well, conversation yeah. about, you know, tag team wrestling and the destruction of that. But I think that's what you're going to you see there, Mist, is, you know, it's tough to say no to all that money, and you're you're basically willing to, to do, like, you're Yoshitatsu, and you're going to make three or four or five hundred thousand dollars a year, or whatever he makes, and, you know, you'll do whatever. I mean, you'll blow Santino Morello in front of me. <laughs> That'll probably be oh, nuts. <laughs> Back to fucking Well, he said, ooh, Morella. me so horny. <laughs> he doesn't really oh, got man. him now. This does not help. No, but, um, I actually I actually wanted to, to ask Bronx especially, because Bronx has been watching wrestling for as long as he's been on this planet, much like I have. If you, if you can go back and tell me who you felt was the most stereotypically offensive character, who would you pick? Probably Coco Beware. I mean, I don't know. He, he, he was just a pimp. I mean, you know, a pimp with a bird. Something else pretty funny. Even when I was six years old. I, I got to chime in and say uh, Saba Simba. When Tony Atlas did the Saba Simba gimmick, and he came out and danced around and had the African headdress on. Oh, I've never that. seen that. Right. YouTube and put in Saba Simba. That was pretty bad. Oh, man. Tatanka. Let's not forget Tatanka. Jesus Christ. Oh, 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 that one I thought was terrible. Oh, my gosh. They don't just stereotype black people. They don't just stereotype black people. I mean, think about uh, Lance Kane and Trevor Murdoch. That was stereotype to me. Eddie Guerrero. Look at Eddie Guerrero. He was a, a cholo. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, he, he, but he was so great because he just went with it and got it over. And that's, I yeah, think, he different. Same thing that I think Crime Time was trying to do is they just went with it and tried to get it over. The reason why R-Truth can't get it over is he fucking blows. He sucks. <laughs> he reeks. He's a disgusting human being. Or uh, black. Well, well see, see, see I, I, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad Jack called because he, um, he started a whole level of conversation, but we got ten minutes left. You got anything left to add, Jack? Uh, no, that's it, man. I'm just and I'm gonna enjoy the rest of the show. And shout out to Corey, Fat Man, that's a dog. Shout out to Don Mega, Miss and Miss uh, My Take Radio. I don't really have a name for you. I just between you, My Take Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Later. All right, we got we got one more call, then we gotta fucking wrap shit up. Uh, do we have another call? Did they hang up? Uh, let's see. Paul, you're on the air. Break. She fucking hung up us the other night. What's up, man? What's going on? Yo, did you did the other caller hang up, Slick? No, the other caller was me. I got no. knocked off. Was you? For the record, oh, Slick's okay. a black man, so let's listen to what he has to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice right, Slick. Slick. We, we don't have to listen. <laughs> That's true. I well, didn't know your I didn't know your producer was a doctor of style. <laughs> hey, he is the doctor of style. <laughs> oh, that's what, another what thing. And that's that's actually what I was getting at. That, you know, stereotypes are never going to get over the WWE. I mean, Slick is proof of that. Coco Beware is proof of that. Walking around doing a fucking pigeon strut with with a parrot on his back. <laughs> <He's> and, a <laughs> bird, bird, bird. <laughs> Bird, the bird, only bird. proof of that is freaking Badger's Brown with his fake Tourette to combat freaking Jake the Snake. <laughs> That's awesome. I <laughs> love that game. He, he went back with that. I love Bad News Brown. But, you know, Slick brings up a good point with Slick. I mean, Slick 
His theme song was called Jive Soul Bro, and the video had close-ups of his lips and close-ups of him eating from a KFC bucket. <laughs> wow. wow. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. I mean, Vince is never Vince never shies away from being as, as you know, racially charged as he can. Well, he did call Cena my nigga, remember? I, mean, I was about to say that. He did use uh, <laughs> the N-word there with, uh, with John Cena at one point. If anyone's, if no, you've never seen when Booker T uses the word on Hulk Hogan, please put that in. I love YouTube. that. Oh, I love that video. I, I yeah. love that one too. And that's the other thing. Picture. You got Booker T in two thousand whatever, two thousand four, two thousand five, doing the fucking backspin. Why? The spinner Rooney. The spinner Rooney. Why the fuck is he backspinning in the ring? Are you kidding me? All black people spin. What's wrong with you? You're laughing because it's oh. true. Like oh, nobody, back, nobody fucking break dances anymore. Why are you doing the backspin? Wait a minute, who says nobody break dances anymore? Where did that come from? Yeah, that's pretty racist. Let me get my cardboard box out. Let me show you a couple moves here. Oh, I'll put that shit. on my left hand when when Brodus Clay. Take your hardcore man. Let's get the cardboard. Brodus Clay and I are gonna get naked and do some uh, webcam break dancing for you. All right, all right, Jesus Christ. All right, Booker T is about to ask <laughs> oh, nice! Booker T busts a rhyme. That, that is a that is a perfect. Walks around talking shit and then he busts out a backspin. He got there in his hand for five minutes, though. Is Don still on? Because Don, according to uh, our friend Britt DeVay, Don is a white guy who sounds black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I get know, that every day. He does. He does, he does, he does. Britt can't talk. <laughs> Britt's a black girl that sounds white, so, Does you know. Not like the other night. She, is, yeah. she sounds like a fucking valley girl on the phone. A very young one. Like, yeah, like she's, like she's 14 or something. <laughs> she's 14 with a 12-year-old yeah. kid. You know, they start, they start up young in Georgia where she's from. Jesus, let's, all right, let's, let's fucking wrap this up, folks. Lick, you got anything else, my friend? No, I'm going to go chill with Gaddafi and his lipstick virgin. <laughs> Get out of here, bitch. <laughs> what was that? I said I'm going to go chill with Gaddafi and his lipstick virgin assassin. <laughs> Jesus Christ, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's wrap things up. Uh, Miss, don't go anywhere. Bronx, don't go anywhere. Uh, Future Endeavors crew... Uh, we'll start with Don first. Give us the, the, the big shout-out, all the information, of course. Uh, yeah, of course, Future Endeavors every Sunday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Our uh, website is future-endeavors.com. Of course, you can find us on the Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash future endeavors, and all three of us individually on Twitter, DXDonMega, FatManAfterDark, Corey Santiago, and, of course, the Future Endeavors Twitter as well, just twitter.com forward slash Future Endeavors. Check us out, Wrestling Talk, MMA Talk, every Sunday night. Uh, is a new episode, so tune in. Holla holla. There you go. Fat Man After Dark, of course. You have your own show. I tuned in yesterday. Fat Man After, by all means, give us Fat Man After Dark, Wednesdays, 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Eastern, FatManAfterDark.com. Available for, and Future Endeavors also available for subscribing to our archives on iTunes. 
Uh, Don Mega is actually my producer on that show, so he'll be on there. Uh, Corey's on there a lot to talk about Dancing with the Stars and whatever else pops up. Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, FatManAfterDark.com. You can also find me on nice. Facebook at facebook.com slash fatmanafterdark. You can also go to whatthefuckwasthat.net, and that will take you to the Fat Man After Dark page. Can we get your address? Nice. And you, want, exactly. and you get my mother's maiden name and the last four of my yeah. Social Security. And of, co- and, of course, Corey Santiago. We can't leave Corey out. Corey, of course, is part of the Future Endeavors team. Uh, Corey, any other, any other projects that you work on that you want to throw out there real quick? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Just, you know, follow me on Twitter at Corey Santiago and, you know, follow the the whole show and listen to the show Sunday nights, you know, futureendeavors.com uh, and just, yeah, just listen to the show. Corey will also be launching a project called kevingarnettsanus.com very shortly. <laughs> Corey will be vlogging from the Boston Celtics anus throughout the playoffs, so be on the lookout for that, kevingarnettsanus.com. That's right, on the on the road to the finals, I'll be there. He'll be on. He'll be on the road to the finals and the road to the toilet. <laughs> you guys are insane. Um, listen, I, I I wanted to first off say thanks to you guys for coming on. You guys fucking do a kick-ass show. Uh, keep up the great work. I appreciate you guys taking the time to do it. Uh, like I said, do me a favor. Just email me your picks so we can throw them on the site along with all the links to your respective projects. And again, man, I definitely want to have you guys on next time. There's a there's a nice big wrestling event, man. We we gelled really well, and I appreciate. Only it. if Mist will come on and hate on everybody for <laughs> fucking hours. Oh, I only come back if she comes back too. <laughs> See, you know the fat right. man loves me. He can't help himself. I, I love, love everybody. There you go. Later. Let's see what this twenty-four pack right, of gold five Thanks again, boys. I will catch you guys. Um, Don, I will definitely have you back for some MMA and uh, some movies and some games, because I know you wanted to talk about that, but we got like five minutes left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, man. All right, boys. I appreciate it. Have a good night, you guys. All right, peace, man. Peace. You guys just heard the crew from Future Endeavors, uh, Don Mega, Corey Santiago, and Fat Man After Dark. Future Endeavors, you can listen to them Sundays on the Blog Talk Radio Network. You can also follow them on Twitter and their respective uh, Twitter IDs, DX Don Mega, Corey Santiago, Fat Man After Dark, exactly like that on Twitter. Um, also, look for them on Facebook. Go to Future Endeavor fan page. You can actually go to the My Take Radio fan page and follow them from there. Uh, Mist and Bronx, I appreciate you guys coming in. Bronx, I know, uh, went to get great lengths to get here. Bronx actually submitted his WrestleMania picks. Uh, just wanted to tell you both. Thank you both for coming out. You guys did a kick-ass job, even though there was a little a little chaos in the beginning. It started gelling really well. And um, good work, guys. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It was us. fun. Was. Take care. All right, you guys. Let's wrap this later. up. I will catch you guys later. Peace. Later. All right, that was Bronx. You can actually follow Bronx on Twitter. It's at Brian Bronx. Um, you can also check out his blog, which is on the book fan page he writes a really great blog with some of his uh rants about life in general his facebook rant is uh the stuff of legend so do yourselves a favor go over to my fake radio's facebook fan page and check out bronx's blog i will also be adding that blog to our links tab mytakeradio.com i will also be adding links 
for the Future Endeavors crew and Fat Man After Dark, so definitely hit up the links tab if you want to keep up with those guys. They definitely have an open door to come back to MTR. They did a bang-up job, so definitely support them and check them out. Fat Man After Dark on Wednesdays, Future Endeavors on Sundays, and, of course, the, the talented Mist and her Miss Soapbox. Definitely keep an eye out for her Soapbox on MyTakeRadio.com. You can also follow her on Twitter. It's Onyx Mist. She is hardworking and very talented, and I appreciate the work that she did for the panel this week. We got three minutes of show left. Uh, audio was all over the place, and of course, I got to throw a shout out to Slick. Slick always delivers working behind the scenes uh, with production and screening our calls. The MTR team—they do a, a great job. It's—it's it's not even me giving them the stroke job. They all work very hard behind the scenes to bring MTR together. Of course, my fiance Andrea, who does all our guest booking. Uh, next week, I will be joined by Bloodstain Lane. Uh, April 14th, I'll be joined by Kung Lee from Strike Force, and also we're going to talk about his acting career. I don't know if Michael Jai White will be available on the 21st, but if he is, he will be on on that day. And at the end of the month, we are going to do our UFC 129 panel. We're going to have a couple of new panelists joining us, a uh, couple, of, couple of special friends also coming in. We'll see how that goes, but you can keep an eye out mytakeradio.com to figure that stuff out. Uh, I just heard from the English City that it is time to go. You've just heard My Take Radio episode 85 for Thursday, March 31st, 2011. I will catch you guys later. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.